Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome to another Happy Pod, the only podcast in the world. My name is Nathan. As always, I'm joined by my rebellious co-host. His name is Lawrence Thomas Heisey. Hello, good evening, good morning, and how are you, sir? Good evening. That was almost the Truman Show, but I'm good. I'm very well. Lawrence, I hate to interrupt you, but nobody cares. Oh, yeah. What they do care about is you telling us what this silly little show... No, no, this isn't the silly one, is it? Uh, what, what this show is all about. Is it not the silly one? I feel uh, like you said the silly one before. I feel like Still Got Legs has become the more silly one now, but... Yeah, the, the U-turn <laughs> has been drastic on that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the show, what is it? This is the show where we get together, we talk about all things. It could be movies. All things. All things. We talk about elastic bands. I don't know. Yeah. If it exists, one day we will discuss it. No, we talk about all things pop culture. We talk about movies, TV shows. We talk about games. Uh, and we try and avoid some some toxic stuff. We ha- we try and be a bit positive, try and be upbeat, and we have a rocking good time. <sighs> I'm, t- I'm tired. <laughs> Why is that, Lawrence? Because I have spent a week just shotgunning a season of TV, four seasons Lawrence, of TV. Lawrence, I have no sympathy for you whatsoever. I finished it before you. you yes, but I also work a full-time job. <laughs> and you purposefully took time away from your job this week. <laughs> I was watching so, like 10-hour rebel days. Yeah, man. exactly. <laughs> Uh, oh, anyway. good, good. Uh, so you finally got me to cave. Fans of the show will know for the longest time that you've been trying to get me to complete an animated Star Wars show for quite some time, to yeah. the point where we made up a segment called Clone Wars Corner. <laughs> and then dropped it after like five weeks when you just didn't watch it. I just didn't watch it. And I, you, I showed up one day and I was like, yeah, I haven't seen it, sorry. But you succeeded. Oh, um, we're not going to do another Happy Revenue. We, we made a fatal mistake in planning that segment. What was that mistake, Nathan? 
Uh, we fail to consider that as of right now, we can only see the past 30 days of earnings. So pretty much every week from this point out, it would be the exact same amount just about. So there's really no point in it. Just know that we retired millionaires. Yes. And now all proceeds go to charity. Yes. Does that make it tax exempt if it goes to charity? Well, well, the, the money is tax exempt. But would we pay the tax or would the charity pay the tax? There's no tax to pay. So what, a charitable donation is tax-free? This, this is a good point you bring up. This is not related to anything. But um, just just a quick message to everyone out there. Never donate to charity through corporations. Because oh, yeah. they just they just do that so they can get fucking get it back on tax and fucking eat shit. So, you know, when you're at Tesco's or whatever, and they're like, oh, do you want to like donate 20p to charity? Don't feel bad about it. Say, no, I'm good. And don't feel bad because that's just a way for them to get out of paying tax. So fuck those cunts. I, I've had that so many times where I've felt like it's been like, do you want to round up 1p? And I'm like, no, I, I, I don't. And I I feel I feel like you're judging me. But also, I know you don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> like I worked I've worked in service before. I couldn't give a f- I just want them to pay and go. Yeah, same. I yeah. want this interaction to be over as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Donate or not, I don't give a fuck. It's your money. <laughs> Lawrence, <laughs> we should get started because this is already probably going to be quite an in-depth one. We've got four seasons of television to talk about. Let, let this be the last time we mass overview a series like I this. think that's wise, yes. For, from now on, if we are going to do... We will be doing some more TV shows, but I think it's wise to probably do a season at a time if if that is the case. Yeah. Um, it's like, and with, this is probably goes with any TV show as well, but I don't think we're going to be able to do it all justice whatsoever. No. So I feel like we're not. just going to have to talk about some key points and standout stuff. Um, why did you want me to watch this? You've been on my ass about watching Rebels for some time. Um, because you know me, I like Star Wars and I mm. like animated stuff. And you, I feel like you have a bit of a bias when it comes to animation and you don't like it unless it's Spider-Verse, in which case you love it. But then everything else, you're like, nah. I want to, I want to defend myself and say like... The Incredibles, Toy Story, some of my favourite movies. Puss in Boots, I preferred more than you. Yeah, that's true. I like animation. I, I have I have been known to be a bit snooty about Star Wars animation. You have, yeah. I feel like you're like, uh, not for me. Silly kid show. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> really? I did. I mean, I did clarify at one point. I, did, I swear I texted you or I said it last week or something. But I was like, I remember this airing on Disney XD back in the day. Like, this yes. is a kid show. <laughs> So so what? Clone Wars aired on Cartoon Network. Doesn't mean shit. Yeah, but they. they I feel like Clone Wars. Like, I mean, maybe it's because it wasn't it cancelled and then brought back to cap it off or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably why the last season was apparently a bit more adult in nature because they were like everyone that watched this grew up. So yeah, well. we should probably gear it towards. Uh, no, right, rebels. So it's 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 the story of a band of rebels um, after the the fall or after after the rise of the empire. Quite a small band. It progressively grows into a kind of a larger family with factions that split off and return. It, it, it's it's quite literally. And one thing that I was quite uh, pleasantly surprised by is it's not just a singular group of rebels. It kind of tells the wider story of the makings of the rebellion, or at least the small faction of it. It does. It tells the the four, it, you literally see at one point the formation of the the full rebel alliance yeah. um, and how it all comes to be, which is which is very cool. Um, it's the, it's the idea of like cells. There's all these small rebel rebellion cells all across the galaxy 
fighting together and then this is we we're just following one of those cells but they they come together and and by the end of it we've got the rebel alliance yeah and i I like that they don't pull punches on it as well there's point i don't want to jump ahead but there's points like in the later seasons it's like maybe if we blow up enough shit the rebel alliance will finally give us some fucking money to do this stuff (laughs) yeah like not to get paid but as in to like so we can blow up more stuff and yeah yeah um i'm gonna start with this because I mean it when I say it. This show, for me, has really high highs. Okay. But some quite boring lows. Okay. I would say, overall, and we'll jump in season by season, it just, it gets better as it goes. Yeah, it does. I think I think season one is the weakest, because everything they do, like, character-wise, is really cool. Like, I, I liked getting to know, um, like, Zeb, Sabine, uh, Hera, um, Ezra, and Kanan. Like, they're a fun dynamic. All of them thrown in together was was quite a laugh. And I understand they have to build to stuff, but I found in the in season one, they played it quite safe. They were like, this week we're, we're going to another place that has is under the thumb of the Empire and we're stealing a crate of things again. Yeah. So it, it does feel a little bit like that. But as it goes on, I think it really comes into its own once Kanan is like, I'm a Jedi and I'm going to train this guy to be a Jedi. Because then you really start to explore a bit more of, of this kind of thing. What do you think of season one? Um, I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying. Um, it's uh, I feel like that's kind of the point, though. It's mm. like it's intentionally more light-hearted and more sort of run-of-the-mill in the in the first season and stuff. It's because it's about the progression and about like how these characters change, but also how the rebellion changes and how the type of jobs and missions that they're doing changes as well. Because you're right, they're just you know they they'll steal some stormtrooper armor, they'll fucking they'll steal some supplies, <laughs> they'll, they'll relentlessly steal stormtrooper armor. They, they do steal a lot thing. of stormtrooper armor. Um, yeah, they'll impersonate a guard. They'll get they'll get a thing. They'll do a little heist, and then they'll they'll dish out some supplies, and that's pretty much it. And it's all light-hearted fun. We'll have some cameos. We'll have some fun adventures, but that's mm. it. And then you got like fucking season three, where you got like fucking I don't know more fucking chopping the heads off of fucking <laughs> innocent civilians and all this sort of stuff. It's I I watched the uh, so it's like um, uh, my wife saw the first episode that I watched. Yeah. And then she also, uh, just this morning, I was watching the last episode. Yeah. And <laughs> one of the things she said, and it really made me laugh, was, I thought this was a kid show. <laughs> and I went, yeah, it is. It got a bit less kid showish, <laughs> like, as it went on. Like, she missed all of that in the middle growth. And she was just like, hang on, now there's people, this is dark. <laughs> this is kind of rough. I don't think it's a case of it being a kid show and then not being a kid show. It's, it's always a kid show. It's just the... Mm. I feel like it kind of matures with the audience, I guess. It, it, yeah. it does get a little bit darker and the stories do get a little bit more in-depth. Not to say that there's not depth and stuff in the earlier seasons, because there absolutely is. Um, mm. It's just it's just there with also a lot of light-heartedness as well, more so in the earlier seasons anyway. One thing I, I was quite keen to talk about, I, th- I suppose the two main things that I really like, and I'm, also I want to make it clear, although season one, like, Nate... <laughs> Nathan said at the start of the week I was going to do something and he was absolutely right in the fact that I was I went into this kicking and screaming yeah you did I know you did <laughs> I, I, I had to like I waited we've had this episode planned for months for, this has been the release date it for was months origi- no it was originally supposed to come out in April 
<laughs> no, we we agreed. We made a truce. Yeah, no, it, we, it did get pushed back, and that was both of us. But it was originally supposed to come out in April, so it it's been a while coming. You've known about it for a while. Yeah. So when I did say that I shotgun this show in a week, <laughs> yeah. I mean that. Like I took time off work to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. Uh, so no, the, the, but so I did go into it kicking and screaming, but I also really want to try and focus on like some cool stuff because like I was thinking about what you say. Like, there's a lot of stuff in season one, and I guess earlier on in season two as well, where I'm like, oh, it would have been a bit cooler if they did this. But I'm trying to look past that and be like, what did they do and what is cool? Are you going to get into what it, what would have been cooler, or in your head, what would have been cooler? Yeah, but I'm going to try and spin it into a positive. I th- right. Edgy Lawrence thinks it would be cooler if in this kid show Ezra just slaughtered everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I like, I like that. I like that. There's a noticeable difference after season two, and Ezra's like, I, I murder people now. Like, yeah. I'm here and I got my gun. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, the stun blasters disappear. There's a surprisingly large number of murders in this show. As well. It's way too many, and I feel like they always get to the person they should be murdering, and they're like, I'm a Jedi, and I'm like, you just yeah, murdered a million stormtroopers. There is a lot of that. Yeah. Um, but look, I get it because they can't. They, they when they catch the bat, the main bad guy, they have to speak, and at that point, they can't just execute him. Yeah. There's a difference between a stormtrooper is shooting at me, so I shot them. Yeah. Versus someone being like Ezra, you should turn to the dark side. And Ezra's like, no, I'm gonna decapitate you now. <laughs> um, yeah, famously doesn't go well for, for Star Wars protagonists just decapitating an unarmed prisoner. No, literally unarmed as well. Wait, what? They cut Dooku's hands off. Oh, right, that's what he was. He was quite at, literally yeah. incapable of being armed. Yeah, he was. Um, no, so so the main, the main thing was that I thought... I heard so many people blow smoke up the character's arse that was the Grand Inquisitor. Oh, like, okay. He was in Kenobi. Great. I'm a big fan of... Is it Jason Isaac? Yeah. Big fan of him. Great voice. He's, he's that guy from that franchise we won't mention. Yeah, but look, he... He's pretty good in that franchise that we won't mention. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with certain people win that franchise. That's all him. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Solid performance. Yeah, could have been could have been saying gibberish. Would have been yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Also, I don't like that character though. Yeah, no, that character sucks. But he's supposed to suck. But yeah, he's good at sucking though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's and he's he's just brilliant as a menacing presence. Yeah, but I just I don't know. We I can felt say like... it. it's Harry Potter. He's losing his mouth. Like we can say it. I yeah, 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 yeah. But Harry, <laughs> just but don't give it. don't give the franchise money. Just yeah. don't do that. Um, yeah, I just feel like he's good, and like all the building blocks are there. I found him. I was hyped for the Grand Inquisitor, all and right. when he first came in, I was like, "Whoa, I've heard a lot about this cunt. He's gonna rock some shit up." And then I feel like he just didn't rock any shit up, okay. and then he paved the way for Grand Admiral Thrawn to come in and be like, "Oh, this they got it right with this one. This was what they would I think were trying to do with this guy, but didn't." Because I feel like, I don't know, and maybe maybe this is kind of the point. I don't think this is, I think this is probably still by design, is they use they use the Grand Inquisitor as kind of this framing tool for Kanan having to overcome a fear, mm. which is really, really interesting and cool. But throughout the like entirety of season one, the Grand Inquisitor is like, why can't I catch this one Jedi who also kind of sucks as a Jedi? Like, he, like my my, I am the head honcho of hunting Jedi, yeah, and I can't catch this low band fucking group of hag, like ragtag rebels. Yeah, but that's skilled. Padawan. They're skilled though, the rebels. 
they're not just any old cunts fucking who've never done a fucking mission in their life. They're yeah. They're, it's not their first day on the job. Like Hera, Zeb. Sure, Ezra is pretty new to this, but Hera, Zeb, Kanan, and Sabine—they've been in this a while. They've all—they've all got backgrounds where they've come from. Like, you know, they've all got their own individual trauma and have come together to like start up this little group of their own and they know what they're doing no i i and i do agree i just um yeah i think maybe it would have been like because they can have that same thing and this is my negative which i'll try and spin into a positive in a, in a second um if maybe if like the grand inquisitor every interaction if he had kanan like on the verge of death and kanan escaped by pure happenstance mm. i feel like it would have made their final confrontation and kanan's overall victory a bit cooler but i do really like how Ezra is kind of perceived as dead and the Grand Inquisitor is just taunting him. Yeah. And that's the moment that he's like, you kind of, you kind of have, you have to acknowledge the fact that like, I don't think he's a coward by any means, but he is holding back because he's terrified. Who is? The Kanan. Kanan. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, and I love the idea that like, he doesn't, maybe he doesn't realize how close he is to Ezra until he quote unquote loses Ezra. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to fuck your shit up. I think with Kanan um, in the first season, especially, there's also an issue of self-worth and self-confidence because Order 66 happened when he was a Padawan. He was very young when Order 66 happened. You can see it in Bad Batch. It's the first episode of Bad Batch. Um, oh, is he? Does he follow over into that then? Yeah. So Bad Batch is set immediately after Clone Wars, like immediately. Like Order sixty six is the first episode you see of Bad Batch, um, and in that you see Kanan as a as a young Jedi. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um. So and and yeah. So he's he's very young when it happens, and from that point on, he's not getting any more training. He doesn't have his master to to help him anymore. So that's just it. He's got to fucking find out and figure out how to do it from that point on and now he's training Ezra but he's not much further along than Ezra would be himself so there's a massive issue of like self and you see that as well he's constantly questioning if he's good enough to do this there's a whole episode where he's like I can't do this we need to get Master uh, I think it's Luminara to train you instead because she'll be she's really good she's better than me and all this sort of stuff and I feel like that's a big part of Kanan's journey for the for the first for like the first season and a half I think I'm glad they took time to do that because like season one that like I said the lifeblood is the characters yeah like if you don't like the characters then in season one this may sound harsh but I'm like again I want to stress I do overall think this show is quite cool yeah um like if you don't like the characters characters in season one there's not much else there like in terms of setting and kind of some degree of until like maybe the last like three episodes there's not too much plot stuff that's yeah. quite that's that compelling it does get a lot better on uh later on um so yeah I, I just think i've always really been interested in the concept of like so many jedi master and then padawan relationships that we've seen have been you kind of like straight laced like sit up straight you know be mindful of your feelings i think that's cool but i find mm. it so much more interesting when it's just this unorthodox blend of weird shit yeah. Like when Yoda is a little fucking homeless <laughs> fucking little gremlin and yeah. he's like lift a fucking spaceship and looks like I can't and he's like, Well then you're an idiot. Yeah. Like I like that. I love kind of Luke's semi unorthodox training of Ray in the sequels. Um I just think it's really, really cool, like you said, when Kanan is a master and he's wondering if he can do it, he's not much further along than Ezra would be. And I I feel like it does give off the impression that Ezra 
is a bit naturally more gifted mm. than Kanan. I, I feel like by the time we get to season four, I feel like Kane, Ezra probably is in a lot of ways yeah, stronger and more skilled him, think, yeah. than, than Kanan is. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just really enjoy that, like, when you put characters like that, these characters, I think, work, and that, that it's a strength that there is no kind of council or order left yeah. for them to have a formal relationship, because they probably wouldn't have been paired together. Mm. And it's it's far more interesting, because Ezra's super impulsive, and Kanan's kind of, like, so much more methodical, but is also just happy to just throw in the towel and just fucking get his hands dirty if he needs to. It's a great, it's a really interesting pairing of people. It's very interesting you say that, because, like... <laughs> it's interesting in the fact that you still haven't watched Clone Wars because exactly what you're saying is like to me that's a big part of Anakin and Ahsoka's like relationship. You know, yeah. we we, we, just, we there's a meme going around at the moment. We just had the the Barbie trailer, and you know, there's the shot and there's like Barbie getting her um her mug shot, and then Ken getting her mug shot. Yeah, Ken, Ken getting his mug shot, and Barbie's like all serious, and Ken's just smiling and having fun. And it's yeah. like that's Obi Wan and Anakin. Obi Wan yeah. is the 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 straight face and serious, and Anakin is just like here we go. This is a good fun. Um, yeah, they're both Anakin and Ahsoka are Ken. They're so chaotic. They're both that fucking that silly mugshot thing. They're both so they're always rebelling against the council and doing their own thing and be like, no, we're not doing that. We're just gonna do this and fuck you and and having a a good old time. What I remember from what I saw of Ahsoka in Clone Wars, and it wasn't a lot, but I saw what Disney Plus refers to as one of her defining episodes, <laughs> like one of twenty or something. Um, but you know, they do like the Ahsoka Essentials yeah, playlist. I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. I think I've seen like two of them, um, and yeah, just I do remember her just being completely like. I'm not going to listen. And then Anakin's like, I'm cross. Not really. I'm, I'm not really that cross. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that that's cool. Um, big fan. I've got here a note that says, big fan of the episode where Ezra is undercover as an Imperial cadet. Big fan. Oh, okay. What'd you like about that? I find it always really interesting when we get to see, we spoke about this with Ben on Rogue One, when we mm. get to see the Empire as more than just bad guys in buckets. Yeah that are shooting and I, I love that they just call them bucket heads in this as well yeah. <laughs> it's a good, good little thing um but yeah i like it when we get to see the, the empire more fleshed out and that, funnily enough i think throughout all four of these seasons my favorite episodes are when we just pick a character from the empire and we're like why are you the way that you are <laughs> <laughs> um in this one it, ironically it's children and it's it's really fun to see like half of them are there through fear of what will happen to them if they weren't there. Yeah. And then the other, the other few of them are like, the, it reminded me of the, the Benoit Blanc, like, like what were the words by the Nazi child? <laughs> <laughs> the Nazi child was in the bathroom masturbating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, because half of them are just completely indoctrinated fucking idiots. Yeah. Yeah. But then true. at the same time, you're like, no, but they're children. Like, they yeah, don't the know that they're fucking idiots. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, just I love it when they kind of touch on that. Where do you fall on that ethics side of it? And, and Ezra's like, can I shoot these? Pi-? Like this kind of this is kind of wishy washy, man. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Because it's true. You do get the the ones who are like, I can't remember the name, but there's one of them who's just like he's so he's eager to always get to the top of the thing first, and he's like pushing kids out of the way, and he's you know he's proper hurting these kids, and he's like, oh, mm. what a dick. But like, is he a dick though, or is he just a kid who's been fucking brainwashed and is his entire life has been surrounded by imperial propaganda? And like, where where do you start? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult thing to try and deal with. 
throughout the show i, did, I don't know their names I, i'm sure they were mentioned at one point um yeah i feel like you'd have to have <laughs> i say your mind an encyclopedic knowledge of star wars mind i can't remember their names and i, I would have watched the episode within like the last month but fair yeah um I don't know. so the, i like season the, one um... is a i've watched a lot of rebels season one is a is pretty <laughs> foggy at this point. Yeah. yeah i mean yeah that's where i'm at like uh, when i first when i finished like season one i was like i can't wait to talk about all of this stuff and i got to season four and i'm like fuck all that boring shit <laughs> get to the season four stuff um no that you get like this kind of band of of like regular reoccurring officers yeah uh, but then like in that episode specifically it's like well done you passed all these trials you get to do more empire stuff now yeah. and for the people that didn't they're like you're shit on a shoe fuck you and die wasn't wasn't one of the rewards like you get to like I don't know like get be on an escort when we do this? It was some weird shit like you can hand out the data pads to to the officers or some I, shit. I, I think there was that one, and then I think one of the other rewards was like you get to just ride up top of an ATAT or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get to be in an a. It's not even an ATAT. It's like one of the little oh the small walkers. Yeah, one of the, the two leggers. Not an ATST. I can't remember what they call this one. But yeah, that's <laughs> a funny thing as well. Throughout the show, there's varying levels of difficulty that, like, sometimes an eighty eighty will appear and they're like, yeah. "Piss! I'll chop the leg off with my lightsaber." And other times they're like, "We're gonna die!" <laughs> yeah. We're gonna very inconsistent levels of threat for those uh, things. That's fine. It is what it is. Yeah, it's hand moving. I mean, look, yeah. this show isn't designed to be watched in a vacuum like we have to no, notice these things. That's very true. This show is designed to be watched over the course of five years on Disney XD when it's airing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, that's kind of, they're my main things on season one, really. Um, I do, I, at the end of season one, I like, I think that they leveled the playing field quite nicely because they're like, Ahsoka's here. And then immediately it's like, well, Darth Vader's here as well. So yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, some f- quick favorite parts about season one. Um, I like when Ezra, um, he goes to the, the temple with Kanan. They, they have, they hear Yoda's voice, which is fun. And that, I like mm. that episode because it's just as important for Kanan to be at the temple as it is for Ezra as well. It's yeah. like Ezra has been like introduced to this whole new Jedi world, basically, but Kanan's almost been reintroduced to it through Ezra, and they both have like kind of separate adventures with uh, the voice of Yoda, which is quite cool. Um, I like that he gets his crystal, and I like that he then builds his lightsaber what i love about him building his lightsaber first of all it's a gun and that's fucking hilarious um and just very fun right <laughs> I, I'm, but, th- but again this is like, not to interrupt you but this was this is what i'm talking about the unorthodox training mace yeah. windu isn't fucking sanctioning any of this <laughs> yeah but like kanan realizes like this kid's gonna die if he doesn't just have a gun on him at least can you imagine kenobi seeing a fucking lightsaber <laughs> gun and you'd be like anakin what is this <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, side side point. Who, just quickly before I forget to praise him, who is the voice actor for old Ben Kenobi in this? Ah, uh, Stephen Stanton. Fucking phenomenal. Very good. Yeah, very. He Close does your lot. eyes. It's the same guy. He does a lot of voices on the show and in Star Wars in general. But yeah, yeah. He's, he's very good. Yeah, he's like a spot on old Ben. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go on. You some of your other stuff about. Uh, um. One. So yeah, the lightsaber. Very fun. The lightsaber. I also like that he built that lightsaber with like everyone helped him build the lightsaber like they're talking mm. about like how everyone in the crew just basically donated parts or just whatever they had spare so he could build it that's nice that's very cute i like that yeah uh, good stuff. grand inquisitor good bit of fun he kills those two 
offices at one point. And that's pretty brutal. Oh, when he just like force pushes one of them off the thing. No, no, I was talking about like because remember when I guess to- somewhere towards the end of season one, like I think it's when Tarkin comes in and he's like, "Oh, we've had too many fuck ups. These rebels, they keep getting away." And then the grand, and then he pulls in the Grand Inquisitor, and he just like fucking decapitates those two officers because they keep fucking up, basically. Yeah. Oh, I like yeah. that because the Grand Inquisitor's in the corner for the conversation, and yeah. you just see the officers like, "Oh, oh, we're dead." Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. no. Yeah, that's that's when things started to like turn a little bit from that point on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, side point again because they they appear they appear in this season, and I don't want to go past it without not without mentioning it. Fucking helicopter lightsabers. Just <laughs> <laughs> the uh the discourse around that, my friend. It's been going on for years. Look, I feel like I'm gonna form a nice middle ground here. Mm. They're dumb as fuck. Yeah. But so what? Good bit of fun. They're fun. They're, They're so fucking fun. helicopters. I don't think I don't think it's ever gonna be a thing we'll see in live action. Like no. ever. They can, you can't do this. It's ridiculous. No. You do see a little bit of it in Jedi Survivor. In the latest Jedi Survivor. In the opening section on Coruscant, um the Oh is it ninth sister. sister? Yeah, the ninth sister is back. When she like bursts out of the ship, there's a moment where she's like falling down and then she just like slows herself. With the helicopter bladed lightsaber. Good stuff. I mean, look, I'll be honest, if, if mine could do it, I'd be doing it. I'd do it, yeah. Just Mary Poppinsing all over the gaff. You need to have some Rose Tyler strength arms to be <laughs> able to to hold yourself up, but hey. You ever held like a like a massage gun or something? Something that just vibrates uh, intensely. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it would be like that and I'd be like, fucking hell. I yeah. can't hold on to this. <laughs> my hands would go numb in one minute, I'd have just plummet to my death. <laughs> um Shall we talk about the best season of the show next? Season two? Yeah. Really? Banger. Oh, okay. Not genuinely I like couple of misses. Same same kind of carries over from season one. That being yeah. the situations get more interesting. But yeah. like they had twenty two episodes this time round, so they were like It is longer, yeah. Yeah, it, it's longer, but there's a by a natural extension, it just means there's a few more misses in the yeah. show. Yeah. This is where the show, I think, finds its footing for me, if I just do kind of my quick thoughts on it as a whole. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, the, this is where the show comes into its own a bit more. I think it's um, humanity, I think, to the whole thing. It makes the whole thing a bit more less... Car- I know it's it's still very much for kids, and it's still very much some slapstick ha-ha moments. Yeah. But, like, it, it's still... It, it's keen on establishing people with real problems. Like, you... Ezra struggles with his training... Um, and like actually comes more into conflict with Kanan now that Kanan gives a shit enough to have a conflict with him. Yeah. Um, I like that. Um, yeah, it just kind of Ezra's Ezra's journey is way more like, I want to fight the empire and more like, are my parents dead? I don't know. And that sucks. Yeah. Uh, there's the kind of throughout the entire season two run, there's this, one of the things I find so fucking fascinating to the point where I've asked you this countless times is the looming question of like, is that Anakin Skywalker? Yeah. Like, is that Anakin? He's yeah. And well, like, Ahsoka's asking that. Yeah, and I, but that's I just find that very interesting. Obviously, Ahsoka's in it, so that's more of like a there's a character I can point at, but also she brings she brings new conflict with her and new relationships that we haven't seen explored with yeah. the and and I I think this is where the season this is where the show as a whole comes into like it finds a really strong middle ground of here is a group of characters that are new and they're the primary focus 
Yeah. But if you're getting bored, here's a bit of Darth Vader as well. Yeah. And it and it and it's so strong and they I like that there's not really a clear defined villain. There is is it Agent Callus? Callus, yeah. Callus, yeah. Um sorry, I I say this cuz my my notes there's so many stupid nonsensical words in this that my <laughs> phone has corrected all of the names and planets to oh, something else. So I'm like I saw like Agent K and I was like there's something along those lines. <laughs> um, the, the best episode, I think, of the entire show is when him and Zeb are thrown into a hole. I'd say it's the best of the season. I don't know if it's the best of the show, but it's a it's a very good episode. I, I think it's I think it's the best. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the best of the season. It's the best two characters sit and talk to each other. There's way more like yeah. shooty shooty bad guy episodes that I like more. Yeah, but yeah. like for for two characters having a conflict, I think it's. It's just fucking, it's interesting. And it, obviously where that character ends up going, I, I didn't have that context at the time. Yeah. So I don't know this guy as someone who does get redeemed and does end up fighting on the right side of history and all of this. Well, no one did when we first watched it. No, no. But like, I'd imagine, yeah. I don't know. I feel like my immediate reaction here was probably different to your rewatch, obviously. Well, yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I just, it, it, the show, this season as a whole, like it makes the um, the villains feel kind of, the stakes like, are higher with season two. Yeah, 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 and and I feel like we get more of the the Lothal conflict and stuff. Like we get to see the Empire really being like, "Hey, that mm. kid's from Lothal. Let's really fucking put our thumb under this cunt. Like, let's yeah, let's tighten this shit down and really piss him off." Yeah, yeah, no, just genuinely a great season. My first note is Lando has a southern smooth talking droid. Um, <laughs> where is L three and who is this Texan cowboy droid? <laughs> well, L three's dead. We saw the death. Oh of no, L three is dead at this. Yeah, L <laughs> three died in the movie she was introduced in. <laughs> is, so that's obviously before this, then. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, Solo is uh, about ten years post Revenge of the Sith. This is about fifteen. God, he's, he's gone from childish Gambino to yeah, Billy D. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Solo was now at this point, to be fair. Um, but but yeah, so, well, it starts off around 15. It, it obviously goes over time. Yeah, Lando does have a very seven droid, which was quite fun. Princess Leia's in it. Princess Leia shows up at one point. She's cool. I always love a bit of Leia. I found her, like, not too, like, narratively. Like, it's, not, it's not there for much other than I'm Princess Leia. Yeah. I'm Princess Leia. I'm part of the Rebellion. This is yeah. fun. I, and don't tell these guys I'm part of the Rebellion. I love the lengths yeah. that they go to to be like, you need to put me in like a... You need to over my me. head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was all good fun. I liked that. Um, what do you think of Rex and the clones and all that sort of stuff? So that was something... I just I just saw that note on, on, on my screen. Uh, and that was something I was meant to include in my little kind of overview of the season. But yeah. I'm glad I didn't because I'd very much like to go into some more conversation about this. Okay. I fucking love the concept of a Padawan. Yeah. Like you say, I didn't know this. I didn't. I couldn't work out like how old Kanan's supposed to be. But if you say very young during Order sixty six, about twelve, thirteen. Yeah, hopefully. pretty formative years. Yeah. And I just, I just fucking, I love the concept of like this kid was powerless in Order sixty six, mm. but he went. It's like it'd be like if you like killed my mum and dad. Like, but like I'm watching someone I know and I'm close with, yeah, just completely betray me. And then like some years later, I just see a bunch more of you, and we're like, <laughs> you're like, we didn't mean to kill your mum and dad. Yeah, we're kind of your mates. Well, my fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I just like um, 
at first they thought they were going to brush over it um but i just fucking i love that every time kanan and rex are on screen there is such tension there Mm. but there is also like a fierce loyalty of like and uh, i don't know the character rex that well yeah I, i mean i do now after watching the show but i don't know his history so i think i can add a nice perspective to this of i'm getting to know rex at the same time kanan is yeah yeah so like straight away off the bat like he seems cool but he's a fucking big guy and he seems like he calls the shots so when he's like my head did no worky for five minutes and i killed so many of your friends <laughs> like you have a hard time instantly empathizing and believing that mm. and it comes at the back of like kanan being like i don't know if i'm good enough to be training this kid I don't know if I'm a master. I don't know if I'm like, I would consider myself a Jedi Knight. And then he mm. comes face to face with the reason that his training was cut short and his life was thrown completely through a loop. And they eventually kind of work it out, but they always have this fun. You know, when you see characters like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, then they don't get on. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't you get on? You're just normal guys. Yeah. I feel like you could get on. Probably because Bucky is racist. I mean, pro- Bucky is probably quite racist. Isn't no, he's no, but <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, it's when I fucking I hate it when two characters just don't like each other because haha, funny. But these two characters, these these characters have a reason to like have a bit of a rivalry. More so, Kanan than Rex, but like yeah. they they're definitely there's. It's not just rivalry for rivalry's sake. There's yeah. there's a reason for it. And I and I just like that like when they look past that and when they can move beyond that, mm. they still respect their positioning like yeah. I, correct me if i'm wrong but like i think the just the widely considered fact is that the clone wars was fought with battalions of clones assigned to a jedi master yeah, yeah that's yeah that's kind of not officially but like yeah when they when they come together like there's all this added baggage but it's always a nice callback to like the clone wars and i, I don't know if it's this season it might not be this season it might be the next season when they like find these like weird separatist droids that are still going yeah and and rex has this whole fucking like ptsd thing where he like yeah. he he needs he fucking needs to fight this fight and he needs to mm. to finish the clone wars i think that is season three yeah um but like yeah, that, that, that will be the culmination of this arc and everything but like yeah. at the same time i just yeah i just really like that <clears> they're like it, they're 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 supposed to fight together. That's the yeah. thing. Like they yeah. do that, and and they can't at first. And obviously, there's a reason for it. I yeah, I just think their inclusion's really nice. That being said, the one that like giggles every sentence that clone. Oh, Gregor. Yeah, he's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Maybe look. Maybe I love him if I saw him in Clone Wars. Maybe I'm like, wow. <laughs> he's only in it... one episode in Clone. Wars. Well, one arc in Clone Wars. Oh, um... I, I was gonna like the way you reacted. Then I thought like you were gonna be like. I was going to watch the Clone Wars and they'd be like, wow, man, Gregor, you know, they killed his mum and his dad and his cat and his nan. Like, <laughs> it does right have a pretty of- traumatic backstory, but it's, <laughs> it's not that intense. <laughs> this comes back in the in the finale, um, and I was so, so chuffed to see it come back. Um, but how Ezra's search for his parents is like a big part of this storyline. Yeah. And I, I do like that it, it kind of... It... it, it comes it kind of comes up with nothing i mean like it doesn't come up with nothing but it comes up with like not enough for him to do anything about it like they they were alive but by the time he finds out that they were alive they're already dead i feel like the the most heartbreaking thing about rebel w- with ezra's parents specifically is they they were alive and they were alive during season one mm. but then they died 
and we we never see them. They're, we see them in like flashbacks and pictures and stuff. But like they, because there's, there's a big moment in season one where Ezra gets to do like his his speech, his like call to arms, like the telling the people of Lothal to like stand up and resist the Empire and shit. And then we found out like that his parents heard that speech, but yeah. shortly after it, they were killed. And like, fuck, man, that's that's rough. And I I, I do like the like that speech. Like, it'd be so easy to make that like a defining season one moment mm. but like that speech yeah. carries over and new characters come into the band of rebels because and they're like oh yeah man this is that kid that was talking on the radio that one got that one time mon mothma the head honcho yeah. of the rebellion is like oh ezra i know you you did that yeah. speech one time like fuck yeah man that's cool is that is that her from is that the actress the main actress what genevieve o'reilly who plays yeah. her in like andor and rogue i don't know to be honest um i think i think they obviously get very good if it's not her, they get very good impersonators. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I quite, I quite like, I, I quite liked her voice actor. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, I, I, what I find quite amusing, and that they, I don't think they'll be able to write themselves out of this, and maybe they even, they maybe they shouldn't anyway. But like, we've seen Andor, and this obviously wasn't shot. This, this wasn't created with Andor coming no. out in mind. No. Um. And like Mon Mothma's like in Andor, she's like we're fucking we're talking on the codes like we're talking in riddles like no one like you come into my shop we you put on a fucking wig when you talk to me like no one yeah. can know of my involvement and then in and then in, in this in rebels mon mothman just goes on the senate floor and she's like palpatine's a nazi and you all suck well this is also after andor though yeah but, but it's it's considerably later it's like this well that point is anyway like by the time mon mothma is introduced in this show um a lot of like the fucking the the undercover and secrecy work has like already been done and it's like it's it's basically breaking point for her at this point it's like yeah she can't effectively lead the rebellion whilst also you know still being a senator and stuff so i wonder what andor season two is going to do about that because that kind of her arc kind of well andor season two it's it's funny because it's that's a pretty big moment in in fucking Mothma's life. But, but Andor season two is supposed to be like, you know how they did like the three episode arcs um, yeah. in season one? Apparently, I don't know how true this is, but I've heard that season two is going to be like every three episodes is basically a different year. And it's like a year between um, season one and, and when Rogue One is basically. Yeah. Um, so that, that five year gap, filling those in. Fucking hell. So yeah, Jesus, that's gonna fuck me. <laughs> so yeah, things are gonna be quite intense and change quite dramatically. Um, Andor, and the Andor writers are so funny because they're like, "Let me find the most deeply entrenched, law locked, yeah, era of Star Wars, and I'm gonna try and do something completely new with it." <laughs> and they're like, "Bro, you can't move without touching the Clone Wars or Rebels here. Like, you, like you, you're gonna be overlapping something, surely." Yeah, season two um, of Andor will definitely be interesting. Yeah, for sure. See what um, no. happens and who fits in. Um, with season two, though, I feel like the big moment on se- for season two for pretty much everyone is the finale, Twilight of the Apprentice, part one and two. Oh, uh, hang on, hang on. We'll get we'll get to the finale. All right, sorry. I just noticed we are forty eight minutes into recording. Nathan, you wanted to do Rebels with doing. <laughs> I didn't turn down pretty much a week's income to not fucking talk about <laughs> Sabine being a Mandalorian or whatever. <laughs> well, that's mostly season fucking three and four. 
It, it, it is, and it does go on, but I've got a note that says, like... Oh, sorry, you want to mention Soapal McTavish, do you? Yes. Okay, sorry. Because he's in, and he's immediately Soap McTavish, and I'm like, I know that... Fu-. I texted you, I'm like, I know this fucking guy. Yeah, I didn't, but... Kevin McKidd, I knew it. I, I what, like, look, I'll, I'll be real with you, and I can say this confidently, because it's my favourite season <clears> of the show. There was an episode where I was on my phone a little bit. Oh, for fuck's sake, Lawrence. Oh, yeah, like you didn't. Yeah, but I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it I've seen it I'm still watching <laughs> no I, I, I think I was like checking my, I just remember looking at my phone I wasn't like fucking like just doing other shit like I think I was like responding to a message or something yeah because um, I remember not looking at the screen and then suddenly I heard like just the dulcet rich tones of Kevin McKidd and I was like hang on am I playing Modern Warfare 2 <laughs> surely not and I looked up and there he is you don't even sound Scottish he, he's Scottish enough. I know his tone. I know I know that you need to understand Modern Warfare 2 is a game I could quote start to finish probably right now. If you've got a spare five hours... I don't. Challenge me. <laughs> I, no. No one's challenging you. You don't need to do it. Please stop. <laughs> no, all right. But the, the, main, the main thing I was saying is... Um, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on them quite quickly because I do want to get to the end, that the finale of this season. Um, Sabine learning kind of, a, and she does go on to do this a bit later on as well, but Sabine learning a new way to kind of deal with Mandalorians because of her experiences with Kanan. Like, mm. like Mandalorians are famously punch first, talk later. Famously, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, are you taking the piss? No, no, seriously. Oh, okay, that, that was such a, like, yeah, famously. You have such a fundamental misunderstanding of Mandalorian. <laughs> no, Mandalorian's whole thing is, like, they, they, their whole planet is literally ravaged because they cannot stop going to war with each other. Like, <laughs> um, but They're I, all so fucking I like, idiots. <laughs> yeah, it's fair, yeah. I like that when, like, Sabine encounters other Mandalorians, Kanan's like, hey, hit, maybe don't immediately punch these guys. Maybe talk to them. Oh, she's like, a Mandalorian, mate. That's what I do. Yeah, and she, she's like, that's what I do. But then also, like, Kanan does get through to her. And then, like, later on, it makes her kind of storyline in season three with the Darksaber more compelling. Because it's like, yeah, you probably are the most level-headed person here Yeah. to deal with this kind of stuff. Um. But yeah, her her having that storyline was really interesting. The other one was um, Izeb uh, Lasat. Is that Lasat? Yes. Okay. So he, oh, look at me. I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got so many notes. On Do this. you know where you would have Lasine? Uh, where I? Where would I have seen a Lasat? <laughs> Do you know where you would have seen a Lasat previously? Is it Mando season three? Well, that's Seb. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, another one that's not Zeb. Uh, no, go on. Uh, so Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, Cal's master. Um, yes. Like during the the Clone Wars, during before he died, was Elisat, uh, yeah. Master Tapal. Um, and this is a very deep cut, so you might not have seen this. But if you've seen like, um, and this is just speaking about the whole because the whole like art style of this show. We can have a discussion about this, but the whole art style of the show, it looks the way it does because it's all so heavily influenced on, like, the very early uh, concept art from Ralph McQuarrie. And if you look at, like, the original concept designs for A New Hope, um, the original design of Chewbacca is basically Zeb. It's That's basically what it is. So, okay. So that's yeah. where, like, it kind of the it comes from, the design. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. I, 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 brief, brief aside here, maybe we can get into like an overview after we've done the seasons. Mm. Um, yeah, I just think this is the art style of this is like 
It's so much more visually pleasing than the Clone Wars. Keep in mind, I saw Clone Wars Season 1 stuff. Yeah, like Clone Wars Season... If you're talking about like Clone Wars Season 7 and Bad Batch, it's it's phenomenal. It's like yeah. fucking pristine, cinematic. Oh, I, I don't necessarily mean the, the animation quality. Mm. I can handle some like bad animation, especially because I know of like it's of an era. Yeah. But like, I just mean the art direction in general. Like, yeah. I prefer how people look in this show. Like, I feel like they can be more expressive. Yeah. There's straight lines bogging them down. This this show is a very unique art style. It's very, mm. which I quite enjoy. It's I like the the very thin lightsaber designs again, all like Ralph McQuarrie inspired. Vader is very like monster like kind mm. of, which is quite interesting. He like um, towers over people. He feels yeah. like fucking nine foot tall or something. Yeah, yeah, he really does. It's it's a it's a really interesting art style. I think there's some there's some moments i know you text me about this the yoda design is definitely a little wonky um and also there's a moment so bad and there's a moment where you see anakin um like in a in a hologram um which ahsoka is playing and it looks a little wonky as well doesn't quite look right um but but overall i think it's i feel like anakin probably doesn't line up because you you know his animated face now yeah yeah, probably. But then I guess the same doesn't apply to Ahsoka, so... Yeah, but we, we it's a different era of Ahsoka, though, isn't it? Like True, yeah. Th- we're supposed to believe yeah. that that Anakin is Clone Wars Anakin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I get that. The, yeah, so just quickly, and then we'll get on to the finale of Season 2, because, my God, we're an hour in. Um, <laughs> the other thing, so Zeb seeing his Lasat people again, um, and they're like, it's this captain that we like. Yeah. And there's, like, a whole episode dedicated to, like... People in the people on the ship are like, why is Zeb throwing his toys out of the pram? And like, no one can understand that. Like, he feels like he failed his entire like his countrymen. Like, he feels like he doomed his fucking whole race. Yeah. Um. And when they're like, you're our captain, and he's like, I don't like it's the it's the Canaan thing again. Like, am I worthy enough to to take a an ownership and leadership role here? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just so, great stuff. I really came to quite enjoy Zeb this season. I didn't like him so much in season one because he, he, I feel like he was far less fleshed out. He was more just, I'm Ezra's older brother and I'm going to beat him up and Chopper is, I'm going to put yeah. Chopper under a bin and Chopper's going to scare Ezra or some whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, but, so, so I know we haven't talked about Chopper much. He's my favorite member of the crew. I love Chopper so much. I think he's a nuisance. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot, man. He's, he's cool. He's, but like... he's a war criminal. Man. Whenever whenever he gets his hands on a pair of guns and he can just run around shooting people, it's amazing. I love yeah. that little droid so much, man. He is con- like if I was if it was me, I feel like I, oh he's here now. He's guesting on the episode. I feel like if what? I was if I was on the ship, I'd put Chopper in the furthest corner away from weaponry. And, like, I'd have to wake up every hour just to put him back in that corner. Well, then, you, on whatever mission you're going on, you'd be doomed. Because more often than not, <laughs> Chopper saves the day. All right? Chopper is a hero. And I also like as well, as sometimes, you can kind of figure out what he's saying at some points as well. Because there's, mm. like, there's moments where I go, bah, 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 and he's saying, I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> I didn't pick up on cool. that. That's quite cool. If you watch it sometimes, you can kind of figure it out. It's it's quite fun. I Out of interest, I switched on. Um, this is me trying to do too much. I was like, I've invested hours into this show and I'm losing money for doing so. So I need to get every ounce of 
information out of it. I put on yeah. subtitles for some of the droid centric episodes. Yeah. Uh, and just to like see if it would be like maybe there's like a little thing that I can like get from this. Maybe it's gonna like tell me what Chopper's saying one time. But yeah. like most of it was like Chopper, and it was like dramatically, and I'm like, oh, they've given him a bit of flair. Like they've <laughs> they've added in like I know I now know that Chopper has come in and he's been like, we're all gonna die, you know, like with a bit of flair to him. Or something. <laughs> I don't know if you ever paid attention to the credits, but um, in almost every episode... <laughs> no, no time for credits, man. Okay, well, in almost every episode, it says, as himself, Chopper, which is very funny. <laughs> but then in the final episode, it's revealed, and it says, uh, Dave Filoni as Chopper. Was he... Yeah, Dave Filoni is the voice of Chopper. God fucking yeah. damn it. <laughs> you wolf-loving son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were you were right on the money. There's Nathan texted me at one point and was like, "You'll there'll come a point in the show where you realise how much Dave Filoni loves wolves." And I'm like, yeah. "I don't know about that, man. I haven't seen much wolves." And then it just became wolves. <laughs> like the whole fucking show. Yeah. Kanan's a wolf. Everyone's a fucking wolf. And no point is Kanan a wolf. But no, I, you, you know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, uh, the Pergil are here. Their space whales. Oh my god, the finale of season two. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to. We can talk about the Perga later. You asked for this, man. <laughs> I'm doing what you'd call a setup. They, I mean, they come back in a pretty fucking important yeah, way. Yeah, that's why we can talk about them later. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. <laughs> right. Um, no one has acted before Sam Witwer. It's not possible. He he invented it. Oh, what you're saying is Sam Witwer invented acting. I am. Yeah. What I mean, look, I know it's Maul. I do quite enjoy how Ezra's like, maybe this guy's here to help. And I'm like, this little conker is a cunt. Like, stay away from him. He's gonna. He's a little conker head, isn't he? Why is he a conker head? He's got like, a little spiky head. Conkers have spikes? Oh, the ca- the casing, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I'd say they're a bit spiky. Uh, in my, I was thinking of an acorn. <laughs> <laughs> Banner Cathalata is here uh, at the end of the season. <laughs> No, I, I like... So has he been... Right. I didn't look into this. Yeah. Because I got enough. You don't look into anything. Yeah. So Maul... Maul gets twatted in half by Obi-Wan. Yeah. Then what? And then spends um, about 12 years, 12, 13 years living in a junk pile. Um, goes insane. Loses his mind. He just somehow in that time gets... Uh, spider legs his whole lower half is a robotic spider um and then his brother finds him takes him back to his home world of Dathomir where his uh where mother Talzin the clan mother of the night sisters um performs some ritualistic magic heals his mind makes him no longer insane basically gives him some uh, robot, some more form-fitting robot legs. Then the two of them wreak havoc around the galaxy. More and his brother, that is. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, an attempt to draw out Kenobi, um, which works. They have a little bit of a scrap. At one point, um, Maul's brother is killed. I can't remember. I think it might be Asajj Ventress or Dooku who kills Maul's brother. Um, but anyway, he dies. Um, Maul then takes over Mandalore, just as a bit of fun. He becomes the ruler, he gets the Darksaber. He kills Satine, who is uh, Bo-Katan's sister. 
and Obi-Wan Kenobi's girlfriend. Um, he kills her, and then he... Um, it's been a bit naughty of Obi-Wan, that. What do you mean? Oh, he's, Jedi aren't meant to have girlfriends. She's not his girlfriend, officially. Oh, I see. So like, yeah. we can't have labels. Mace Windu will flip his well, No, no. They, they never, like... They never... They're not in a relationship. They're not, they're not kissing or anything like that, but they love each other very much. They, they're clearly in love. Yeah. Um, then he, like, runs a crime organization for, like, 15 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, then we, we next see him in Solo, at the end of Solo, where he's like, hi, Kira, I run this organization, Black Sun, I think it is. Um, and then, fuck knows. Summer happens to him, and somehow he ends up stranded on Moribund. So a fair bit, then. Yeah. <laughs> He does, he does a bit. Yeah. Um, Kanan gets his shit rocked. Kanan gets blinded. He does. He's blind. He's... Oh, no. <laughs> I was going to say he's blaming. Oh, fuck you now. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's bad. That's yeah. so bad. Um, but look, look, so yeah, the, the, the meat of it is that mm. fucking... Um, <clears throat> It's Ahsoka versus Vader. That's that's what everyone's here for. That's yeah, that's yeah. why you buy your ticket. That's that's the moment everyone loves. It's the big showdown. Master versus Apprentice. Mm. Um, it's good. <laughs> I took a picture of their one their lightsabers mm. clashing and sent it to you with a caption like "Whoa" or something along <laughs> those lines. I I have seen this moment before. I've needed to put it in videos, but I've yeah. deliberately never watched it beyond what I needed to put in a video. Yeah, and I've never listened to the conversations before. Like I've never, I've never. The only thing I was aware of um, is when she said she said something online of like, "I am no Jedi." I'm no Jedi. Yeah, He's, yeah. Because Vader says because she just basically like says she'll avenge her master, Minyanakan, and mm. Vader's like revenge is not the Jedi way. There's just a very cool moment where she goes, "I'm no Jedi." Yeah. It's, oh, like there's no music. It's just yeah. fucking. It's real. Just two good performers, yeah, bringing it home. Like this is this is the argument for voice acting. Three good like, performers, three. Because you got uh, Ashley Eckstein, you got Matt Lanter as Anakin, but then you've also got James Earl Jones himself as Vader. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They did they they did the thing. They, they did, did the, the thing. very similar helmet, to the Kenobi. Yeah, it's very similar to the Kenobi moment. I feel like they they had this moment in Rebels, and they were like, "Not enough regular people have seen this. We need to we need <laughs> yeah. to throw this this thing, this vibe." Both both moments are great, though. Both moments yeah. are great. So they they both function. <laughs> Anakin's mm. like, "I'm sick of repairing this half of my helmet." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking annoying. <laughs> uh, no, but I like it, it. Really builds up throughout the season. Like I've got a note that just says like they are talking about Anakin and Vader in the same breath without just coming close to the revelation that they're the same fuck they're like this vader guy sucks i wish master skywalker was here and he'd so he'd <laughs> yeah. put him in his place i'm like no it's not not quite <laughs> true but yeah. yeah um no i yeah i just really really like um like that that confrontation and like my god is like the uh, when when the doors came down like i kind of had to tell myself we're still with ezra we're still with kanan and hera and sabine yeah. I don't think Sabine was with them at this point. No, she... no, it was just Ken and Ezra. Ken and Ezra yeah. and Chopper. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm like, we're still... The hero. This is the story the we're following. I, and when, like, the door shut, I was like, I guess we'll see how that fight ended up in Ahsoka. I guess we'll see how... Like, I guess we'll see a, res- a revolution a resolution to that. <laughs> Some... <laughs> you whinging over here. I had to wait two fucking years, Lawrence, all right? <laughs> Sorry, I had to wait a day. <laughs> no, 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 no. But like in my mind, I was like, 
I was worried that it wasn't going to sit landing because it's cool. Yeah. But then, like, you naturally, that's the big thing, and that doesn't involve either Ezra or Kanan. Yeah. It's it's very interesting that, like, when this episode came out, and, like, like I say, it, it was two years until we had any kind of confirmation that Ahsoka was even still alive, really. There was a mm. whole thing of, like, Ahsoka lives was, like, a big movement because we just didn't know. There's the little... Because you see Vader emerge from the temple, and, he, and he's like, sure, he's a little fucked up. You're like, oh, what does that mean? You see, you do see a brief segment of like Ahsoka walking through the temple, but is that a force spirit? Is that like what's yeah. going on? How does that all work out? <laughs> Even to the point where fucking uh, there was a Star Wars celebration panel. Um, a, no, there was a Star Wars celebration, a, a panel Dave Filoni had on a t shirt that said Ahsoka lives with a question mark. And then they like played a trailer of like the next season. I think it was like season four of Rebels. Um, and then during that trailer, he went backstage, changed his T-shirt, and it said Ahsoka lives exclamation mark instead of a question mark. <laughs> um, and like no one at the time picked up on it. Like, because why would they? Like, they're not like studying the intricate details of like his T-shirt. But yeah. then like a few days later, it came out and like everyone was like really excited for this then. Like... What does this mean? So that's yeah. a good little bit of pro. Oh, he's, he, look, he's clever. He's clever. I, I can't, by nature of <laughs> him, I can't agree with his everything he does. Right? <laughs> Me and Dave Filoni have a complicated relationship. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, no, I, yeah, I just think that the build up to this fight is so so good. Like the the yeah. the yeah, the not knowing the door coming down. I I kind of took that as like a metaphorical like. And I feel I think the season three premiere kind of reinforces this idea. It's like the training wheels are off. Like Ahsoka force pushes Ezra back, and she's like, "You get mixed up in this, you're dead, son. Like yeah. leave." Um, and it and it feels very much like Ezra fucks the bed in this scenario, right? Yeah, he just he continuously makes incorrect choices. Yeah, and he he's not to know any better. Like there, mm. there's some cartoon stuff of like you know, if I if I really wanted to be a, like a logical cinema sins prick about it. I'd be like, you're clearly fucking making some dumb moves. But well, yeah, you, the audience member who knows the yeah. ins and outs and everything, yeah. I'm like, that's Darth Maul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ezra, have you, you not seen... seen Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace? <laughs> that's Darth Maul. <laughs> he has a vendetta. He's cross. <laughs> <laughs> Ezra, hold up. Let me show you the Clone Wars real quick. <laughs> this guy's you not haven't even seen with. that. Um, Sam Whitmer is very fun. Um, Sam Whitmer's great. I love his um, his Maul. Just the I don't know because we never because Maul spoke in episode one, but it really wasn't much. He had like fucking three lines, and it was Peter Serafinowitz, and you know it was great and stuff. But like Sam Whitmer, just like the the arrogance of Maul, like the idea that I don't know, you get the sense that he thinks he's more noble than he actually is. Mm. Like uh, someone of nobility and that sort of stuff, and he's—I don't know—he just plays it really well. Samuel was really good at that stuff. Oh, his entire thing is like he goes into the duel with Obi Wan and mm. and fucking and Qui Gon like confident as shit. Like I got two lightsabers stuck together. Yeah, I'm better at flips than you, and I'm gonna kill you. And then he's he gets—he gets his shit rocked, and then for yeah. the rest of his life, he's like, "How dare they rock my shit like that?" Yeah. 
<laughs> you seen that meme which is like man literally too angry to die that's basically more <laughs> yeah but that's true like and he yeah he, you're absolutely right like Sam Witwer brings a like he like, Ray Park is physically the character but Sam Witwer is the voice and the heart of the character yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't. I, I always knew that that was the case, but I didn't understand it. And how I did. Everyone's seen the Kenobi. Kenobi. Everyone's yeah. fucking knows Great that. Scream. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't realize. Like I didn't realize it extended beyond that to the point where like he could be the only character in a scene, and it's gripping as fuck. Yeah. Like he's able to hold a presence so well, and <clears throat> yeah, just all round fucking um, very interesting season. I. I, I don't know, maybe, maybe calling it my favourite season is, like, strong, because I do really, really enjoy some aspects of season three, and then, like, I quite enjoy, like, towards the ending of season four quite a lot. Yeah, I think season three might be my favourite, yeah. That's fair, yeah. I think, yeah. like, from this point on, they're kind of all par with each other. Yeah. Um, But I, I just think season two explores so much interesting shit. Yeah, that you don't often get in Star Wars. So season two ends well. A big, a whole big part of the that last episode of season two is like they they keep saying oh, it's a Sith holocron. Jedi cannot open Sith hol- holocrons. You need to be able to use the dark side to open a Sith holocron. Ezra, you can't do it. Leave the Sith holocron alone. And then at the end of the episode, he opens the Sith holocron. Yeah, and then it ends. He's like, boom! Um, look at my dark side. <laughs> look at me. I'm dark side. And then season three starts. It's a year later. He's got a haircut. He's got a green lightsaber now. Um, maybe he's using the dark side. Ooh. Oh, he's absolutely fucking using the dark side. Spooky boy. Yeah. I I've got a note, and this is my immediate kind of thing. First, I've said like it's first. It's a really interesting like setup for Ezra to be like I made all the wrong decisions. Mm. He he didn't he didn't turn to the dark like he doesn't he doesn't ever turn to the dark side but like no he doesn't embrace elements of the dark side because he's angry at the world he embraces elements of the dark side because he shit the bed by using elements of the dark side it's like this fucking double-edged sword mm. where it's like i'm pissed off and i'm tapping into my anger because i was pissed off and i tapped into my anger <laughs> yeah yeah, um, but he, he's in it, he's trying to justify it as that it's it's helping him win the fight. Basically, he's mm. he's fighting the empire by yeah using a little bit of the dark side because it's 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 not more powerful, but it's like Yoda says, it's quicker, easier, more seductive. And and look, and I've I've got that. Like I've got a note that says like I do think that the dark side path that he's walking ends maybe a bit too hastily. I think. Mm. it's very it's such an interesting concept and because Kanan isn't a traditional mentor it would be really interesting for in the same way that in the same way that I think Luke understands it to a degree I think Ray does to a degree as well or it certainly becomes less regimented is like you can use it as long as you're not a fucking idiot about it like don't ever succumb to it not so much that you can use it but that it's a part of you yeah yeah like it's the for the force is a part of you, and that's all of the force. You know, the light side and the dark side. It's just that you have to, you you can't put your head in the sand and pretend it doesn't fucking exist. Yeah, you can't like th- this will kind of fit into the, the whole discussion of the Bendu as well, which I hate. I hate the Bendu. Don't like the Bendu. Not for like any reason. Not like ah, oh, I don't like this. This is dumb. I just like what what he represents. The idea of the middle. The whole. Mm. 
this fence-sitting fucking arsehole. I hate <laughs> it so much. There's, like, a big discussion. I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter, but like, there's a big discussion at the moment about, like, Grey Jedi and whether or not that's a valid thing. It's not. Fuck off. There's no such thing as a Grey Jedi. The idea of using both light and darkness um, together, like, a good middle point between the two... And, like, is that better than both of them? No, it's dumb. It's just sitting on the middle and not actually doing anything, really. I don't like it. Um, the, the idea of, like, balance, I think people get the idea of balance quite a bit wrong. It's not like there needs to be equal light side users to dark side users. No, like, mm. the Jedi are balance. That is the balance, okay? Yeah. <laughs> if there's safe and other dark side users, the balance is thrown off. The Jedi are balance. They're like so, the like, baseline for, like, we found yeah. a good, healthy point to interact with this power. Exactly, yeah. 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 Um, well, that being said, I definitely wasn't going to propose the idea that Ezra did sit on the fence a bit more. <laughs> Because, um, like, like you said, Nathan, and I wholeheartedly agree with. I think that would be dumb and narratively very boring. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, you are Reggie. <laughs> no, I yeah, no, I look, I just I, the only reason I said it, and it's a bit different from that, is because I because Kanan isn't a traditional mentor, and because he's he can train with the life experiences that he's had, but like you say, he hasn't progressed much further in his official Jedi training. Yeah, I think I would have preferred Kanan, a, a, maybe a little mini arc where Kanan doesn't necessarily know how to bring someone back from something like that. I don't know. I just think that could be quite interesting. Because, like, when you look at the shit that Ezra went through in the first two seasons, his life just fucking just went down the fucking toilet. Yeah. Like, he, yes, he gained a lot, but he lost so much. He'd already lost a lot. Yeah, but I feel like now he, he'd he lost a lot, but it was, it was more woe is me because he was aimless stealing to survive and didn't have much of a say in it. Now he yeah. wields a power where he could do something about it and he still lost. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it's 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 interesting that he would perceive his own power as both a tool to make right on his misuse of it. I I don't know. Maybe look, I'm again, I'm I'm not trying to come at this from like what I think could have been better. Like I like the storyline. I just, you know, I think it ends quite quickly. That's fair. That's fair. I don't mind it. I'm I'm quite happy with it there. We get we get quite a bit of Hondo in this first episode of season three. I like Hondo a lot. He's one of my favourite characters. Um from both Rebels and Clone Wars. Do, what, do you like Hondo? Do you hate him? I wanna throw Hondo off a bridge. No, <laughs> you are you are insane. When he comes back what, and he's like, what, I've, I would die for Ezra and I'm like, nah, you'd kill Ezra for yourself, mate. Like, fuck you. He wouldn't kill him. No, he wouldn't kill him. He's got, he's got, he's a, he's a pirate with a heart of gold, but he doesn't like people knowing he has a heart of gold. What is wrong with you? What, I just don't why, like him. Why? Why do you hate fun? I'll tell you who I like. I like Milch. Great. Why do you hate fun? <laughs> I don't hate fun. I you just do. think, Hondo. I think his, I think his compadres deserve better than him. <laughs> You're insane. Hondo is one of the best characters ever, man. I'm not saying he's not a good character. I like I I'm on the Hera side of it. Like, get this guy off my ship. He's fucking. I don't trust him, and he's annoying. <laughs> I got no words for you, man. The face I just received. I got no words. For you. I'm not cutting out that silence. That was Nathan <laughs> just looking at me like oh, disdain. I'm not, right not going to take this criticism as well from a man who hasn't watched Clone Wars either. So. All right, fine, fine. If he shows up in Clone Wars and he can change my mind, then fine. He's in a, he's in a lot of Clone Wars. He's in a lot of it. Chalk that up on the reasons not to. He has, he has a great relation. He has a lot of fun uh, moments with Kenobi and Iken and everyone. It's great. <laughs> it's a very small galaxy, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It up. is very small. Yeah. Um. I wedge. Did... Yeah, wedge. Wedge is here. Yeah. 
Yeah. I too recognised the name Wedge. Yeah. And went, oh, it's Wedge. Yeah. I uh, cheered. Did you have anything on him or can I talk about Lars Mikkelsen? You can talk about Lars Mikkelsen. What a as... slow-moving, philosophical fucking creep. He's so good, though. He's, he's fucking so... brilliant. He's so good, man. Thrawn is here. What do you know about Thrawn? What did you know about Thrawn going into this? Yeah, I knew that everyone wanted to see an heir to the Empire. I don't... Right, don't spoil anything. I don't know what the fuck heir to the Empire is. Heir to the Empire is a series of books, a trilogy of books, that were the original uh, follow-up to the original trilogy. They were like the sequels to the original trilogy. Okay. Written by Timothy Zahn. That's where Luke comes from. Oh, no, Luke. not three, three new Luke. <laughs> yeah. Muscly so, Luke. <laughs> Luke. Luke comes from those books. Mara Jade, if, you know, if you've heard of that character. Heard comes, of the character, don't know the first thing about it. She was, um, she was like a, I think she was called the Hand of the Empire or some Hand of the Emperor. Um, she was just a, a dark side uh, Jedi user and eventually turned over to the light and married Luke. She mm. ended up marrying Luke. Uh, in Legends, but yeah, no longer canon, but clearly they're taking some of it for other stuff, and 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 Thrawn is from that, so yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, so I, I had, like, I think I understood that he was... I've ne- <sighs> by the way, I've never read Heir to the Empire. I might have got some stuff wrong. Don't okay. have me nerds. <laughs> I certainly <laughs> wouldn't have known. Um, <laughs> I, I um, yeah, I just think I had such a basic understanding of, like, I know that people... What I've seen on Twitter is that people have got a rock on for this cunt. Yeah. Right? They want to see him in live action. Has he been cast? Yes. Who? Lars Mikkelsen. No! Okay, yes. really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good, good. Because I've, I've seen some horrible Benedict Cumberbatch photoshops and I'd, <laughs> I'd be ready to boil my head. One of my favorite things ever, and you know about this, we've joked about this, but one of my favorite things ever is there was a Star I mean, it was Star Wars Celebration in Chicago 2019. There was like a big mural um, and it was like all the generations of Star Wars. So you had like prequels, Clone Wars, Rebels, original trilogy, sequels. And then during the Rebels, and it was just like all these characters depicted in a sort of like live action looking way and that sort mm. of stuff. Um, and there was Thrawn, and he's just clearly Pierce Brosnan. It's very <laughs> clearly just Pierce Brosnan, but blue. In his heyday, I think he could do this. He could, he's too old, he's way too old now, but he, yeah. yeah, he could have been a, a good Thrawn like 20 years ago or so. Yeah. yeah. Like, like looking at like fucking um, <clears throat> GoldenEye and stuff, like he could yeah. do that really nicely. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, just, right, let's let's talk about him briefly and, and we'll definitely come back to him because he, he's, he's now the big bad of the show. Yeah. He's here to be like, hello, I'm the Grand Inquisitor, but better. Um, blue. Hmm? I'm blue. Yeah, he's he's certainly blue. That is true. Mm. Um, firstly, he fucking commands a presence. He does. He yeah. is not lightsaber wielding. You see him with a gun a handful of times. Yeah. But he's there, and when he's there, he's the cleverest person in the room. He's mm. got a handle on shit, and people are scared shitless of him. And I love just the, the choice of this actor and his... Soft. It's so easy to be like, whoa, this guy's oh, a little creep. Yeah. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's, it's that. It's, 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 it'd be so easy to be like, he speaks softly because he's a creep. But he yeah. has a fucking cadence to his voice. Yeah. That makes you feel like you could knock him out. Yeah. And you can't knock him out. <laughs> no, you can't. And he no. and he just he's he's so unnerving. But what more than that, I fucking love that he doesn't live for I I I exist only in how the empire defines me. Like he's a fan yeah. of art, he's a fan of things. Like he's That's why like more often than not the empire is like it doesn't care about like anything it's like this is how we do stuff fuck Mm. you this is how it's all gonna be i don't care about what your traditions are i don't care about what your customs are we're just going to install our base here and you're going to be our slaves and work for us now and don't get me wrong (laughs) governor price (laughs) yeah governor price um and thrawn will install like a base somewhere and he'll happily take like the local local citizens to 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 work and, and all this sort of stuff but Thrawn is is Thrawn's clearly very intelligent, and he gets ahead by basically studying these cultures. He studies their art, their traditions, their customs, and he makes that he he incorporates that into his plans. He gets to know his enemy by basically studying their culture, and it's it's very interesting because he's able to get like one up on the rebels where no one else has able has been able to do so before, really, yeah. because he's. He's studied their ways more than anyone else has, which is, is very good. There's, I, I'm not sure if this. I think this is season three, but if it's, if it, if it, it might be season four. But if, even if mm. so, like it, it's still about the character of of um, mm. of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, I just fucking, I, I, like you say, he does study the culture and it gives him the leg up. And they are so often like calling. It's not a fucking like uninspired choice to like call the stormtroopers bucket heads and stuff like the show is very confidently telling you that the empire are either pencil pushers complete evil bastards or Mm. just moronic fucking toy soldiers yeah and there's nothing more to it so when a character comes in and is so much further beyond and has comprehension of their own fucking histories and cultures beyond maybe what they even know having been distant from their own cultures for so long yeah it's interesting as fuck like the he is there's i can't remember the exact scene maybe maybe this is because i've just seen so much rebels in the last couple of days yeah but there's like a specific moment where he like explains the poetic justice of using the dark saber to kill mandalorians yeah 
and is and it's just it's so far detached from like I like killing people because I'm evil. It's way more in the vein of like this is why it hurts them more to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And it's like Jesus, dude, fuck, like, <laughs> fucking chill, man. They're dead either way. Fucking relax. Um, but no, just and like you, again, you get to see more of like the Empire's ranks and stuff. I'd, I'd argue that this season is kind of primarily about building both sides building a bigger network like casting a wider net over lethal and yeah. the and the like the rebel cell that we've been following being like okay we need to ramp this shit up we need more fighters yeah um there's like a the part like an episode where they get more ships and stuff and blah 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 um and yeah i just i just find it like with that stuff that's so interesting um the the pencil pushing the day to day of the empire to see grand admiral thrawn overseeing a project like you like the this is i think this is in season three as well like where there, there's an episode where the production line this specific line of products coming out of this one factory have always been defective and faulty oh yeah yeah and he's like well from now on every single one of you that makes anything for me is testing it yourself so if you rig it to blow up you're gonna die yeah and it's like i know they don't have a union but fuck <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> Someone tells me they're not going to get a union either. No, no. I mean, yeah, mate, the Grand Admiral Thrawn is good for... If he's good for anything, it's union busting. He's going to be yeah. in there like, no, not a chance. Um, mm. But yeah, just... This, this is a great... Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe this is the best season. It is. There's a lot of just really good bangers in this. And yeah, Thrawn is such a, a good villain. And he is... The, I, he is quite chilling in the way that he's he's methodical in his speech and all this sort of stuff. But then there are moments where he can go toe to toe. He can, if he needs to, he can punch on and fucking he fights two dark trooper droids and mm. like he can easily hold his own against them. Man, it's yeah, it's uh, he's a very intimidating guy, and th- th- there's a reason he's as popular as he is. So yeah, I just yeah. what I, what I find so refreshing about him is he he is a he's different. He's, yeah, he is very different. Yeah, there, there's something up. He's not a. He's not your average imperial. Yeah, he's not a Sith, and mm. he's not. I like the character of Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah, but there's fifty Grand Moff Tarkins in Star Wars. Yeah, it yeah, just happens true. that he's the one with a popular name. Yeah, uh, but but there's no one like this guy from what I know. No, I love I love his his ship as well. His Star Destroyer. It's got like the big like chiss pattern underneath it as well <laughs> on the on the belly of the Star Destroyer. Nothing is if good not because, an artist. Well, yeah, but it's good because also when it turns up, it somehow it's more intimidating. Like mm. with the shots of like it emerging out of hyperspace, and you also get a great sense of the scale with it as well. And it's like, oh shit, we're in trouble now. This is this is not good. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, some other highlights of this. Uh, we we I I maybe we'll go into this a bit more if you want to, but we've already kind of touched on it. Is the mm. Rex. The the end the official end of the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, good episode. In- I do like that one quite a lot. It's always fun whenever B one battle droids show up because they're always fucking hilarious. You probably hate them. Um, I like them. I think they're oh, fun. Surprising. Best line of the entire fucking show is "Who's Roger?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was right. Bet like, I I paused. I was barely. I just I've heard it. It's so familiar to me of that Roger Roger. Like, I say it in real life. People ask me to yeah. do something, I go, Roger, Roger. Yeah. Like, I, it rolls off the tongue. I know it so well. And then when Ezra just interrupts that flow with the quickest, driest, deadpan, who's Roger? 
yeah comedy <laughs> that's that's gold right there that's it was very fun that's brilliant yeah i did i did like that to be fair um yeah i love b1 battle droids they're always very fun and um, i think that's the episode where they get the phantom 2 as well the uh the new little ship i think you're probably right yeah which i enjoy yeah i like i like the phantom 2 more than the phantom 1 so phantom 1's more blocky it's more razor yeah. crest it's more like the rough. phantom 1 always pissed me off as well um because I can never quite figure it out because, like, sometimes you need a Lego set. You need a diagram. I, I need, I need the map of the ghost itself <laughs> and then the the final one. But no, what always pissed me off is like, you know how it like slots in at the back. Yeah. Like more often than not, it would be positioned so like the rear door of the Phantom like slots in against the ghost, so that door can open yeah. and then they can just walk in. But then sometimes it would come in like with its front to the ghost. And then I'd be like, but how did they get out? <laughs> Hera's a good pilot. She's a good pilot. She's a very good pilot. She can make it work. Uh, anyway, whatever. Uh, um, another thing that I think is really, really interesting. Um, this is the season I would have appreciated before watching The Mandalorian Season 3. Oh, this one? More so than the others, I think, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, there's... Uh... I guess there is quite a bit of Mandalore stuff towards the end. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I was thinking because the Bo-Katan stuff is in the beginning of season four. Yeah, uh, that's true. Maybe, maybe I'm watching it bleed over. Maybe. Yeah. Look, at this Rebels is Rebels at this point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This this is the point of the show where I'm like, good, good stuff. Next episode. Yeah. We're recording at fucking nine o'clock tomorrow. Next episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, I haven't got time. <laughs> Please, Lawrence. I haven't eaten in days. Next episode. <laughs> Um, no, I just I find that this is um, really interesting. I fucking love um, the the episode where um, they go and they're like, uh, Soap McTavish is like, we could maybe ask the rest of the Fen Mandalorians. Fenral, <laughs> yeah, no, Soap McTavish. Um, <laughs> he asks, uh, he's like, maybe. So it's the first hit that character in itself is like, I'll never be your mate. I'm your mate now. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very <laughs> very good. speedy. I feel like that happens quite a bit in Rebels as well. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like that, that Fast and Furious thing of like, we're mortal enemies and I'm fucking, look, I'm the big villain of this movie and we're mortal enemies and we'll never get along. And then like two movies later, they're at the barbecue and they're like, they're just grilling together. <laughs> they're on the team now. When I hadn't seen Fast Five in a while and when I watched the trailer for Fast, it's more than this, but when I watched the trailer for Fast X, I was like, it leads you to believe, if you, especially if you watch it without like any dialogue or anything, if you're just seeing the visuals, it leads you to believe that Vin Diesel not knocked someone off a bridge once and they've come back to be this mortal enemy in Fast X. Like, it's like, yeah. You knocked me off a bridge. The, ma- the Mason joke is, you knocked me off this bridge, I respect you, I'm on the team now. <laughs> oh, did you... Just a quick note, this isn't anything. But um, did speaking of um, just quickly caravan of garbage in the Fast and Furious, did you do the animation of the the little the guy with no underwear or the guy in his underwear running away and stuff? Or was that Ben? I, I cut him out. And I like yeah. put him where he needed to be in the environments he needed to be in. A lot of the like, I'll I'll assemble the building blocks, and Ben yeah. has a way of keyframe animating these things to just make them fucking hilarious. Right. Okay. That because that was very funny. The, the the thing that we loved the most about that was like we 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 had a folder. 
Yeah. Right, we had a folder throughout these edits that was um it was it was on my desktop and it was called I'm on the team now. <laughs> that was the folder. And it was the screenshots of the stupid people like the lizard man from Fast 4, um oh, right, whoever was yeah. in Fast 4. All of them through to Fast 7. Yeah. Yeah, the guy that gets like toilet water blasted up his asshole. Um, we had all of them, and they were maybe always... now's a good time to reveal that I've only ever seen Fast One and Two. That's dreadful news. <laughs> you need to get on that. Um, I don't know if I do. <laughs> I mean, we, I kind of kept putting. We kept putting them. There's a perfect space on the Fast <laughs> X poster that is like, and we 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 built them up and in in Fast Seven, the last one that we we covered, we added all of them in. All right, and it's just this this fucking this mural of stupid PNG cutouts that I'd made <laughs> for over the course of like six weeks or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways. Yeah, right. So a lot of the Mandalorian stuff I really, really liked in this when um, when Soap McTavish is like, let's go home and try and convince your mum, who is leader of the Mandalorians and Sabine's Ursa like... Ren. Yeah. yeah. And she, she goes home and she's like, my brother's a Nazi now. What's this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I just like you, that. You text me and you was like, oh, I hate it. Sabine's mum or whatever and I was like interesting alright she never ends in a definitively great place does she like well I mean she gets better she's not a bad person no she doesn't look I, I sympathise that's maybe that's me amping up for some fun conversation with you but it the, the, the part of me that's watching this is like yeah I see that she's in a very difficult box yeah I do understand that this, this is more in season 4 and stuff as well but like the Sabine creating like what i'm only going to refer to as the mando vaporizer <laughs> yeah like firstly <laughs> hilariously specific weapon yeah oh you think i can't make this i can yeah. what did you think the empire were gonna do with that? oh she was young she says it herself yeah and i i do respect that they like they're like they don't she doesn't shy away from it at all she's like and also like bo katan like very much calls it she's fucking ready to fight with her she's throwing her against walls and shit she's ready to punch on the real moment it comes to a head for me um, is Sabine has the dark saber. It's given to her. So, so Ezra, I think Ezra got it from Maul. Uh, so yeah, Maul, Maul had it in his cave on Dathomir, um, and when when both as not uh, when both Kanan and Sabine were kind of like taken over by the spirits of Night Sisters, um, Sabine then picked it up. Um, to use against Ezra, and then they took it after that. So. Yeah, so so she ends up having it. It's revealed like, and they they kind of what I really like about this is that they don't know the proper channel to kind of have this. Yeah, like, and it's the same with like Kanan and training Ezra, and it's like it's just like a we have one guy that's the best of all of us at flinging swords. Yeah, maybe he can train you. And I love, like, first of all, Trials of the Dark Saber, one of my favorite episodes of the show. Is that the, is that this one where they're the training? the one where yeah where the training Sabine with the saber just yeah. one of my favorite episodes it's, and then Sabine's like listen you fucking ponytailed yeah. fuck it's so good I love the because you do kind of get like a not necessarily I, I'm hesitant to call it internalized misogyny from Kanan but I feel like mm. it kind of is a little bit I think it absolutely um, is yeah because he's 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 not trusting Sabine as much as he trusted Ezra. He's not giving her, you know, the the benefit of the doubt, and he's not being as as he, he's got like training wheels on her much more than he ever did with Ezra. He was yeah. a lot more free with Ezra's training, um, and he's definitely been a lot more harsh with Sabine. 
Um, and she calls him out on it, and Hera calls him out on it as well. She's like, this is bullshit, man. Like, fucking, mm. he was never like this with Ezra. And it's, I don't know, it's a really good episode. I really enjoyed quite a lot, especially the moment where, like, Sabine just gets to really fucking <laughs> trauma dump, essentially, yeah. <laughs> while she's fighting Kanan. Um, it's a really good episode. It, it's a great monologue that that yeah. that se- that sequence, and also mm. makes you really understand like a lot of her character to this point. Yeah, we we've known, but she's never gone into it. Mm. And this is the moment where you can really see like, oh, this did a number on her big time. Like, yeah. she really isn't happy about this. Um, and uh, yeah, I like that. You're right. It absolutely is kind of internalized misogyny in the way that he won't allow himself to. There's, I mean, there's a way you can hand wave that and say like it's because he's seen that Ezra is still too presumptuous and still thinks he yeah. knows best in certain occasions. Yeah. But he still let him fail. <clears throat> yeah, it's true. And and I, I I think that moment comes out the most in, like, Soap McTavish is like, here's these little wrist lasers. Go and, yeah. go and take him down a peg, which I really like. Uh, and then she does, and Kanan's like, hey, this isn't a game. And she's like, yeah, your kid's on his ass. Fuck you. Like... <laughs> Like she's like, like, you know, it's not funny now, is it? You fucking yeah, um, yeah. No, and then and then Ezra's like, he gets they 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 you know they they hug it out later on. But I do like that, like for everything that Sabine is feeling, feeling Ezra's like conflict is so much more petty, and it's like I'm the one with the sword, I'm the Kanan's <laughs> son the with the sword. <laughs> yeah. Ezra can be very whiny at times, but then I, I I I often think that. But then I often I have to remind myself he's very young though. He mm. is very young. Like Luke's when we meet, well, he's the exact same age as Luke, and obviously when we meet Luke, he's very old. He's older than Ezra, and he's like, but I want to go to Tushy Station to pick up some power converters. <laughs> you know? I, look, I I think it's it comes. Unfortunately, it's part and parcel with being the protagonist of a kid show. Yeah, it's true. You, every now and again, you have to be like. Mm. You have to have a big sulk and just... Yeah, yeah but you do. And I feel like th- that's also because they need to convey the emotions, obviously, to children. Yeah. Ezra needs to whine because if he doesn't whine and he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Kids are going to be like, he said he's fine. Where's my juice pop or whatever the fuck <laughs> kids like? Like, no, but they'll ignore it. They won't be like, they won't be like, oh, there's something. They, there's, there's, there's no subtext. Yeah. And like, there is. It's there for adults. But yeah. there are moments on the surface where Ezra has to be black and white with what he's thinking and feeling. It is true, yeah. Um, yeah, it's true. But yeah, no, just good stuff. That mm. that whole... Um, oh, it, it takes us to... Um, <laughs> for the 1500th time, Ezra goes, I think we should do this. And Kanan's like, it's a trap. <laughs> and then Ezra goes, I'm going to go do it. And Kanan's like, you shouldn't. And Ezra yeah. does it. And then yeah. Ezra comes back or Ezra gets rescued and yeah. Ezra's like, I'm so sorry, I should have listened to you. That was a trap slash that was something I shouldn't have done. And Kanan's like, yeah. it's fine, I'm proud of you slash I love you and you can make your own choices. And you're my son. And you're my son. Yeah. Uh, and I'm blind. I'm, and I'm blind. blind. <laughs> yeah, blind. <laughs> um, um, Ghost of Geonosis, Saul Guerrero, um, yeah. is introduced. Um, I just want to quickly touch on this episode. Did you Did you get what was going on with this episode with Ghost of Geonosis? Uh, if you remember this, the one where Saul Guerrero is there, they go to Geonosis, they find out the whole planet's like gone, not gone, it's just like the native species have all been killed, but there's little click clack, the little Geonosian, 
they can't necessarily understand and he's like running about first of all Saul Guerrero is there you get the the difference and with Saw and the and the other team and the brutality of Saw which... also the also the vast difference between how he sounds and looks it's Forrest Whitaker it doesn't sound like Forrest Whitaker <laughs> it is. I, I don't know I feel like the character of Saul Guerrero in every medium he's ever appeared in he yeah. looks like a different person I think he does. I, I, I especially in this. I don't think he looks anything like Saw Gerrera. He's a yeah. He's a little younger in this. Well, first anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Got bald head. Bald Bald Sees all. Go on, sorry. Um. Yeah. So basically, just what I find interesting about it is all of all everything in that episode. It's it's all happening because of the Death Star, like. Geonosis is where the Death Star was initially built. Um, the Geonosians are the ones who worked on the Death Star. And then this little Geonosian they're following around, it's like, oh, like they're trying to figure out what's going on in the Geonosian. He draws a circle in the ground with like another little circle in it, but they can't figure out what that is. They completely misinterpret it. And it's just it's very interesting. Can we talk about Obi-Wan v. Yes. Maul? Yeah. We've already said... Incredible voice actor. Um, Steven Stanton. Very, very good lad. I've just got that on my notes, and we can we can branch off this if you like. Side note, hold on. Um, Steven Stanton voiced uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. He voiced oh. AP5, who is the uh, Alan Rickman droid. Um, oh, okay. He voiced... Yeah, that's it in terms of like names everyone's just like all the others are just like stormtrooper one stormtrooper two or yeah just the randoms um, so yeah Tarkin Kenobi and AP5 fucking hell yeah. did you like the the AP5 singing in space okay. moment I loved that I love that's one of my all time favourite moments in Rebels <laughs> I feel so free I was so happy no <laughs> no I was happy no. <laughs> I love that droid it's so funny that is that's one of those moments where you're like, am I watching... Is this Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> no, I was The funniest so happy. thing about that as well is, is, like, that episode is, like, sandwiched in between some, like, pretty big, like, <laughs> lore-heavy episodes. So, like, you have to m- imagine, like, watching this week to week. We're like, yeah, we're getting ready for the next episode. <laughs> it's just like, Chopper, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop it. He's. I think there's something wrong with him, and everyone's like, "There's something wrong with you, Alan Rickman droid. You're an idiot." And he's like, "No, that's not fair. Why does Chopper the war criminal always get away with everything?" He deserves to. I do like that he's another one of the. Um, is it, is it him? Is it Alan Rickman droid, or is it the the other droid that they pick up? Um, that's always like, if I made this plan, it would definitely work. But because you made this plan, it's oh, yeah, like ninety nine percent gonna fail. That's Alan Rickman droid, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a good bit of fun. Um, yeah, no, he's, anyway, he's a Maul good Kenobi. Yeah, so Maul Kenobi. Uh, my notes just say it's as quick and snappy as it needs to be. Basically, two old guys who have kind of nothing left. They've lost everything, but one of them is, like, so obsessed and angry. And because of that, his rashness... Like it, it's the it's the it's the it's the defining conversation to be had about Sith and Jedi. I think. Yeah, hundred percent. He's just like, Maul's not. A, he hasn't been a Sith for a while, but same basic principle. It's yeah. 
he's he has just let his rage and his anger consume every factor of his life he is this whole thing with obi-wan by this point it's got to be like almost 30 years ago probably more yeah. All right, and this guy just cannot let it go. He has been seething for fucking thirty years over the fact that he come in. You killed his girlfriend, man. Like you've done so much. You killed his master, yeah. his girlfriend. Like you're, so you're many in this position because people. you killed his master. Yeah, exactly. Like you weren't just gonna let that go. <laughs> he was like, I oh, got Qui Gon. Fucking uh, back, back I go then. Fair's fair. Yeah, but Maul has just, he cannot let it go. He has let it just completely take over him. And and Obi-Wan even says it. He, he says, look what I've risen above. Because I've, I've said it many times before, Obi-Wan is just the true poster child of the Jedi. Mm. He's, he, all like the, sure, he lost his way for a little bit after the, um, after the fall of the Jedi. But this is, you know, a few years after Kenobi. So we've seen him kind of, reconcile with that whole part of himself and he's forgiven himself for what happened with Anakin. He's no longer so much in his head about blaming himself and he's kind of made peace with a lot of stuff. And now we're seeing him at a point where, sure, he has lost a lot, but he's not letting that consume him. He's not letting it, let letting the darkness in and letting it take over his entire life. He's a much more balanced, uh, just balanced person in general. Yeah. Um, and because of that, he's able to just finish more than just a move, and that's it. Yeah, and is there something? <clears throat> is there something about it being the um, he tries the same shit he pulled on Qui Gon? Yeah, a hundred percent. It's the exact same move he did um, because he when he when he killed Qui Gon, he like he hits him with the saber. He hits him in the head with the saber. And then turns and just stabs it into him. Yeah, that's his downfall here. He goes to hit Kenobi with the saber, and Kenobi just slices straight through it. Yeah, and that's it. He's done. He he hasn't learned in all this in all these years. He's still in the exact same position. And that's and I thought yeah. it, I thought it was that because I recognize that move. I think is so <clears throat> synonymous. Like it's a famous Jedi move of the yeah the 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 twat in the head and then the double back and spin. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just I thought as soon as he lifted his head, because it's a kind of unconventional, like not something you see in lightsaber battles. So when he did it again, I was like, did that? And I rewound it. And I was like, was that the fucking, did he try the same shit? I think that's, yeah, yeah it's such a good metaphor. Like you say, he's the poster child. Moe hasn't learned. But I love the fact that they're, they're, the two men are in the exact same position where they've they've fallen so far from grace from where they once were. Like yeah. at, a, at a point, both of them were essentially next to the fucking like obi-wan was like high in the ranks of the jedi and you know at, as the sith go, council it, member is pretty uh, much as high as you could go yeah exactly and like as the sith go he was like next in line to be the head honcho sith more yeah. um naturally he well. didn't know who he was with <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah um no I, I just think that it's so interesting like you say obi-wan rises above it and and moves on whereas kuzma is so fucking concretely stuck in the past yeah. Um, it ends up just being his complete downfall and I think the way it's presented is so interesting because it would have been so easy to have them do a quick like battle yeah, and Obi-Wan be like you haven't learned a thing have you and he's like I'm angry <laughs> like, yeah. but they just show it visually through the fight and it just it all commu- it's all communicated so well yeah um, it's also very cool that like 
when the fight is like when they draw their lightsabers, Kenobi, you know, he does his classic stance holding the lightsaber over his head and that mm. sort of stuff, and then he moves into Qui Gon stance as well. Which oh, is, does it? I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah, he moves from that into Qui Gon stance. Maul dies. What does he say when he Maul dies? dies. Uh, well, he asks if it's the chosen one who Ben is watching over, to which he says, "Yeah." And then he says, "He will avenge us all," and then. Kenobi doesn't say anything because he knows that's not necessarily the Jedi way. But he's like, yeah, all right, sure, you have that. Yeah, that's on you, man. Sad. It's it's sad, yeah. Like, it's sad. Man, literally too angry to die, finally dies. Finally dies, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I I, kind of like that, like, it, it does feel like a relief for him. Yeah. Like, it feels like he's like, finally, someone's just fucking put me he down. He is. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of what he wanted, really. Whether yeah. he can admit that to himself or not, that's another story, but... Uh, yeah, like, I, I, I read it very much as, if he takes Kenobi down, he's taking himself out next. Yeah, probably. Um, You know, maybe not on screen in this children's show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, you know, like, the samurai way of just sword in the belly once you've, like, yeah. betrayed the order or something. Um, anyway, season season that season three wrapped over. Yeah, that's season three. We're finally two hours in. Jesus, fuck me. We're on season oh, four. God. You wanted rebels, man. You wanted rebels. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. I haven't let you speed this up. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I get you wanted a discussion. I'm fucking here for a discussion. <laughs> All right, season four. Um, I've I've got straight away. Um, Bo-Katan is very compelling. Like from her introduction alone, she sets up. Yeah. So much new, like the, what a good season opener always does for me is introduce someone else and go. Here's all the dramatic potential that I bring yeah. to the table. How can we show it through these guys? And obviously Sabine is standing there, and she's like, "Do you want this dark saber?" And Bo-Katan's like, "Get fucked." And Sabine's like, "Oh, <laughs> maybe, <Yeah>. maybe not." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "You, you are the rightful person to wield this dark saber." And Bo-Katan's like, "Go away, I don't want yeah. that." Yeah, just great. I fucking um, I like seeing Mandalorians go to war. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. good. It's very cool. The the line of like Mandalorians are cool. There's just there's something very yeah. cool about Mandalorians. And I think they 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 tie into the like I don't know if it, I don't know maybe I'm wrong. Would you call it like a religious order? Well, it depends because like the the children of the watch, which is what like Mando's part of, I I kind of call that a religious order. Yeah, but like Mandalorian culture itself, it's more just the way really? of life that the way yeah. they do shit, right? Yeah. Like, I don't walk down the street naked because that's I'm part of the human race when we wear clothes. Yeah, sure, man. No, but like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like that, it's not a religion. Yeah, more just traditions and culture and stuff. Yeah, and like yeah. the way you were raised because everyone was raised <laughs> that way. Yeah. Um. I Yeah, no, I just find it... I like knowing more about their stuff and I find it so so compelling and interesting. We get to it a bit later on, but it's like Ezra just like rather bluntly is the audience for a minute and he's like if this yeah. if this vaporizer only affects beskar armor why don't you just take the armor off and they're all like are you a fucking idiot <laughs> yeah. i'm not taking this off man my <laughs> nan wore this <laughs> like, well he's like why don't you just make your armor out of something else and it's like well this is important to us ezra this is like yeah. it tells our story and all this sort of stuff which is it was a very good answer from sabine like mm. yeah <laughs> just like that. why don't you throw your lightsaber in the bin you fuckwit like see how that goes <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I, one thing we didn't mention at the end of season three, which I one thing I love about uh, season three is there's a whole subplot of uh, Fulcrum, like an Imperial spy, and we mm. figure out it turns out to be uh, Callus, 
And then when he's on the, you know, when they get him out of the Empire layer and he has that moment where he thanks Kanan and that sort of stuff. Just really good. I like that he's now part of the Alliance and I like his journey as a character and how he grows and stuff. Yeah, it comes, it comes from that just incredible episode <laughs> with um, with yeah. Zeb in the, in the cave. Yeah, the, the, the whole the whole battle of, like, I, I had a line because at this point I didn't know he was going to turn good and it, in my notes and it was like, when he says something along the lines of like, do you think that goes both ways when Zeb is like, like we fight and we kill people because you don't give us a choice. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, do you think that necessarily like, do you think that's exclusive to you? Like some of us are put in that position as well. Mm. Like, and then there's a part of me that's like, sh- like, come on, man, you're chatting shit. Like this guy's bigger than you and will kill you. If you say the wrong thing, like, <laughs> you, like fuck you, you made a choice. Mm. You could yeah. defect and have a harder life, but you choose the comforts of the empire. Um, and then obviously later on to see that, like to see my criticisms of that character get realized. And he's like, he almost went, he almost turned to the screen and went, you know what, Lawrence, you're right. I'm going to defect. <laughs> and I was like, good on you. <laughs> you yeah. like that. <laughs> and I, you know, I just like the fact that they both went, it always, it, that episode especially comes down to like, who's going to arrive first. Like are the empire ships going to get there first before the ghost does. Like, cause mm. it's, it's a moment. Like one of them's going to make a choice. Yeah. And then, the ghost gets there first and then Callus like watches you know Zeb's family greet him and they're so happy to see him and they welcome him back and they're they're happy that he's alive and safe and that sort of stuff and then he eventually gets picked up by the Empire there's no welcome party for him he just kind of has to stumble back to his quarters Mm. and no one says anything to him just alone just another cog in the wheel of the Empire yeah, and I and I love that it does get revealed as him. Like, mm. obviously, that's that's one of the moments you see Admiral Thrawn throw down. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Oh, sorry, my my apologies yeah, for his, his title. Correct full title, please. Uh, of course. Uh, yeah, you get to see him <laughs> throw down with that moment. They have a little fight. Um, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Good, uh, great character. Really interesting. Comes back later on in a really interesting way as well. He's on Yavin, and he's hot. He's yeah, and he's yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know what I? don't have a thing against mutton chops i thought i did no. i have a thing against mutton chops on greasy shitheads okay <laughs> and then he then he lets his hair down he grows it out yeah. a little bit he puts on a little fucking flight jacket <laughs> i'm like you work in the mutton chops now like i don't mind them as much anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> um anyway right uh great line um of there's tie fighters coming at them and Ezra's like, we have no weapons to the Mandalorians. And they're like, you have a jetpack. A Mandalorian with a jetpack is a weapon, man. And then <laughs> yeah. they just they just basically fly up to all the TIE fighters <laughs> and throw grenades in them. And I'm like, of course. Yeah. Like that that, that checks out. It's very good. <laughs> and th- this is where my note, it was season four. I have the note here about killing the Mandalorian. It wasn't, sorry, it wasn't the Darksaber, just to correct what I said earlier. The Thrawn scene where he's like, it's good to kill the Mandalorians with their own Beskar because... Yeah it's 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 better that way it hurts them more and it's they're taking their biggest strength and turning it into their biggest weakness right yeah uh that's the yeah it wasn't the dark saber it was just it was that um i i don't know i like i think for me i think this season <clears throat> this season's very much like the mandalorian cool stuff yeah some other stuff in the middle and then the kane and death cool stuff uh yeah yeah, yeah. could like uh, what what kind of i, I know like I remember the episodes, but like, is there like a, I don't, I, I didn't make either. Cause I have no, no other notes on it after that point, other than the Kane and death stuff. Like I, I just, I don't, I didn't find season four 
as I feel like season four was sh- shuffling a bit until it got to the end. Right. Okay. Did you see the World of Between Worlds episode? Is that that's towards the end? Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like that is that that's kind of Kane and Death stuff after, right? Well, yeah, but it's it's very out there. Oh, yeah, in a extremely <laughs> um, it kind of immediately off putting way. Yeah, well, yeah I don't like, know if my Star Wars we, is my Doctor Who show. I don't... Yeah, are we doing this? Like... Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, do, I give it credit for a, like um like late season four episode of an animated kid show to be like we do time travel now. Star Wars yeah. is time travel now. <laughs> yeah. Um, first of all, Jedi Knight as an episode absolutely broke me, and it yeah. breaks me every time I watch it. It's it's heartbreaking, and what's heartbreaking about it is how centered and calm came in this throughout the entire episode mm. because he knows what's going to happen. He he knows exactly how that entire episode plays out. Um, he knows he's not coming back from that mission. Um. When and, he calls and, Ezra and he's like, I'm going to need you to take point on this one. And I was, yeah. imme- like, I didn't know. Yeah. But immediately I was like, something's fucked here. What's going Something's on? Something's different. Something's not right. And it's, yeah. it's, it's fucked. And he, he kisses Hera. They have a beautiful moment together. And then it's, it's fucked, man. It's fucked. He mm. sacrifices himself to save them. The force grants him his vision back for one last look at Hera. And then he dies. Mate, when, when I, I was I was handling it quite well. Yeah. And then his eyesight came back and I was like, no, not his eyesight yeah. back now. Like, so he can look at his like lovely lady one more time. No. <laughs> you know what really kills me though is the next episode when it opens up and we see the crew just getting back to like the, their little base or whatever. And there's just a shot of uh, Hera just like looking out over the sunset and Chopper just comes up beside her and holds her hand. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> fucked, to be honest. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, Kanan, like, kind of ritualistically, but, like, sort of fucking it as he goes, like, cutting his hair. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just all... It's all... I, I fucking... I really commend the... This is such a season finale move. Yeah. And they didn't. Yeah. And it... Because of that space... It allows the characters to be fundamentally changed going into the finale, and it gives yeah. us some episodes prior to just put the cap on final things. Like this is yeah. this is Ezra's master. Ezra's the main character, and as this is Ezra's master, who's now dead. He was the only door into this Jedi way of life. Yeah, and it and it is the symbolization of there's nothing more I can show you. you the rest is you're in the same boat I am now. You're young, and your master was taken from you. You gotta learn on the job. You gotta get the rest of the shit that you can learn is not something I can show you now. Yeah. Um. And I, yeah, I just think it's it's really really interesting. Like it, it get it allows us to learn more about and like how Sabine and Zeb's immediate reaction is to dive straight into revenge. Yeah. Just just really like narratively interesting ways to explore how like they would deal with cause... that. Yeah, because like everyone goes off and tries to do something of their own, trying mm. to have their own way of dealing with it. Um, Heres is to just go and be quiet somewhere. Yeah, to just try and like fucking figure out kind of what the fuck just happened and yeah. what she do now, really. And you know, later we find out she's pregnant as well. So that's that's another big thing on her mind. Also, it 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 reframes everything in a nice way, like it. 
towards the finale, like just as a as a season standpoint, this is the last season yeah. of the show. So when they kill Kanan, a beloved fan character, fan favorite, yeah, and then the Emp- like we're on the side of the good guys. We want to see them succeed. We want to see them overcome this. And in the next episode, just Governor Evil is saying, "Let's throw a big parade because we killed Kanan." And yeah. I'm like, "I want you all to die, and I want you all to kill them." Like it was, it was very good. It was very uh, good, very fun to see Thrawn be like, "No, no, you fucked up, and mm. I know you fucked up. Yeah, and I'm gonna fucking deal with you because you fucked up." Yeah, I was like, "Yes, Thrawn, drag her." It's it's so it like I love how short sighted the dis- the decision to blow up the fuel line for one man is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it's like I get he's been a fucking pain in your ass for years. I get that. Yeah, but at the same time. It, it, it just comes down to that, like... I mean, like, even to speak on the Maul and Obi-Wan stuff, it's like, mm. Kanan's there. Kanan knows what's going on. Like, mm. you, you can kill him one way or another, he knows he's going to die. And uh, Again, th- that this is this is a big difference between Thrawn and a lot of the Imperials we see, and it happens, like, a few times throughout the show. Like, they're glory-hungry. Mm. They, they want the glory of the battle. They want the glory, the commendation, the rank, the promotion. They want the Emperor to recognize them and Thrawn. He wants to get the job done. Yeah. He wants to get it done properly. Um, He's so, like, yeah. what you, you like, yeah, for some short term glory, you've set back this project yeah, immeasurably. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like and now credits fucking build him a death star or whatever yeah i did like that line yeah he's like <laughs> and between you and me i think credits are fuckwit and i'm like credit <laughs> is a fuckwit <laughs> Tarkin hates credits so yeah. much <laughs> i like that carryover it's, yeah me too yeah. um but no i just yeah i just i absolutely love how like yeah you're right thrawn is not glory hunting thrawn is like he he has a, he has this incredible line and it's something you just never expect to hear from a representative of the empire which is yeah. like in in thwarting them in stopping them you've completed their victory for them yeah they came here to blow this shit up and to stop them you blew the shit up yeah what the fuck you're an idiot <laughs> massive idiot yeah it's yeah. like like i don't know like someone steals your brand new car so you fucking crash into it to get them to stop like <laughs> yeah exactly you fuck with <laughs> it's it's <laughs> yeah it's that meme like shoving the stick through the wheel on your bike and then like blaming whoever it's <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Or that that like gunshot meme, you know, like from the Eric Andre show, like how how could you do why this? Why would yeah, how could Kanan do this or whatever? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, no, just um it's great. Let's talk about the doorway through all of time and yes, space. Yes, the world between worlds, because this is it's out there and it's very exciting, it's very interesting, it's also very vague, and like there's a lot we don't know. Hmm. Um and there's some stuff we do know. Um, so what's what's your reaction to this episode? I'm interested to, to um, see. I am okay with any big narrative swing if I think yeah. it's one, earned, and two, explored <clears throat> in a compact enough way that it doesn't break other shit. Yes. I think this is very... This, this, this episode is basically the... Well, you've seen The Good Place, right? Yeah. I introduced you to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. For the, but like... <laughs> Oh, there's an actress from The Good Place in the show. Sabine was in The Good Place. Oh, now you're saying it. I really recognise her voice, but who is it? Sabine was um, fake Eleanor. You know, when there's like, El- oh, oh, this is the real Eleanor. Oh, fuck. That's Sabine. The one that really wants to be like an actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 
piss me off. Yeah, that that makes a lot. Of, <laughs> I recognise the voice now. I'm hearing it. But mm. anyway, good. Show did you know that Soap McTavish was also in? <laughs> Kevin McKidd, Nathan? Did you know that Maul, uh, Sam Witwer, was also? Wow, he's the guy from uh, the Walking Dead pilot. <laughs> Is he, is he? Is that the pilot? Yeah, he's got. There's a the, fucking. He's the guy in the tank, and then he's just never in it again. Right where Star Wars has broken new ground, we have the opportunity to break new ground. Also, would you like to finally free us from the shackles of our longest episode being unlistable and from like three years ago? Oh, maybe. How long is that one? I don't know. Let me find out real quick. Yeah, get get the official runtime. <laughs> but also remember, there's like there's headway in cutting here. Like we haven't edited this it's yet. True. Yeah. Um. Let me let me pull it up real quick. Oh, my internet. Can you pull it up my internet's been? Yeah, I'm trying now on Acast. Uh, two hours seven minutes. Two hours eight minutes. So, so we've, we've already... been recording for longer than that <laughs> already. Not much of this is cuttable stuff as well. <laughs> yeah. Um. Congrats, man. <laughs> congrats. We did it. We did it. Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So right. My understanding. So anyway, I, the reason I said about the good place uh, is it's it's yeah. Tahani's final quest. It's yes. Can you walk through this corridor without opening a single door and just listening to what someone has to say about you? Because she's a she's yeah. a character that is very concerned with how she's perceived, very self obsessed. Yeah, yeah. And this is obviously it's not this to the same degree, but it's basically it's the door of temptation for Ezra. Yeah, it's you can save Kanan if you like. You saved Ahsoka, but can you? Yeah, no, you can't. And he knows that. Well, he doesn't. I I I don't think he ever could have saved Kanan that. That whole thing was Palpatine. Yeah, I don't think that was ever actually a window to that event. I see, okay. Yeah. But, that, but I, I don't know, because that kind of conflicts with... There's still a window for Ahsoka. There is a window for Ahsoka, yeah. There's, and, there, and there are windows to... Well, the episode with Have You Believe, there's windows to certain moments all throughout it. Mm. But I, that's that's what he sees. He sees a window, yeah. to, but I think that's what he's been shown. And I think what's, what's telling is the iconography around the window itself. Because the iconography around the the Ahsoka window, it's all very related. It's the Mortis, not the Mortis, sorry, the um, Malachor. Is it Malachor? Moraband? Uh, it's uh, Malachor, yeah. Yeah, the Malachor Temple, the like pyramid temple and the iconography around it and stuff. And then the the iconography around the the window to Kanan's death, it's it's like it's Sith iconography in Sith language and that sort of stuff. And oh, why see. are we seeing that on Kanan's death? And then it makes sense that it's actually a window to Palpatine's weird magic cave or whatever well it, yeah i mean like i think either way whether the door presents itself as real or not it's the trick right it's the it's the it's the gambit of is if ever is if ezra does it he's fundamentally misunderstood what kanan's death should have taught him yes 100 percent. yeah um and i yeah i just yeah. i really really like it i think that it's like i i, I maybe <laughs> the ahsoka stuff i like i like that ahsoka is there and we get the you know, Ahsoka lives and all of that. I didn't yeah. know about this movement at the time, but that's obviously yeah. the resolution to that. And yeah, you see the rest of the fight with mm. with her and Vader. <laughs> Must have been weird from Anakin's perspective, from Vader's perspective, to just be fighting Ahsoka and then suddenly she's just like an arm appears and she's pulled out into nowhere. It's like what? Yeah, what? <laughs> I, I would have liked to see it in Kenobi, where it's like, and I saw Ahsoka too, and this crazy shit happened. <laughs> This is after Kenobi. Oh, fuck off! <laughs> you love Star Wars so much, didn't you, you fucking Star Wars boy? 
I, I would have known that if I'd have thought about it for longer than a second. This is about eight years later. I know, because Kenobi's got grey hair in Rebel. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> Fuck off. All right. Okay. I didn't know at the minute. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, um, I, yeah, I've said, I think the, the, the one that's really impactful is the parents one. Like, that's the, yeah. Ezra's whole fucking deal has been. Well, my... that, that's a little bit later. That's with Palpatine. That's not necessary in the world between worlds. No, I suppose not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you? You're a big. You're a Star Wars guy. Yeah. Like, I can imagine this shit is like. Does it? Does it feel like like the timeless child in Doctor Who? Like, is this the kind of stuff that just fucks you up? No, because it it very much could become that. Yeah. If it depends on how it's used, really. Um, and so far, what we've seen of it. I feel like they've been very careful about how they're using it. It's it's not something where you can change stuff that's happened. It's not anything like that. I don't think that's necessarily how it's work how it works. I feel like what happens was always going to happen. Yeah. Like Ahsoka coming out of that fight, um and and being with Ezra in that world between worlds, she's not then suddenly you know, two years of her life have been missing. She's not then two years in the future. She goes back. She she goes back into the portal and that sort of stuff. Um, and I don't think it's something where you can have, like, branching timelines and that sort of stuff. I don't think that's ever necessarily going to happen in Star Wars, and I hope not as well. Because... Keep it unambiguously vague <laughs> as fuck. Well, well I, I think we're going to see more of it. Um, and I can tell you why in a second as well. Um, and I think we have, we've seen uh, more of it already. I think, um, you know, the moment in The Rise of Skywalker where Rey is in the Be With Me moment where she speaks to the former Jedi and you hear all the voices and that sort of stuff. Mm. If you watch that scene back visually, it's very similar to what we see here. Okay. Yeah. So, just um, same visually. The, the design of the space is very cool. Yeah, yeah, like, it is. I like all those white lines in the just a nothingness is very cool. And I think if you watch, it'd be very interesting to you for you to watch the Ahsoka trailer now that you've seen all of Rebels because mm. I think we're going to see the world between worlds in Ahsoka from what we're seeing in the trailer. <laughs> That's I, that does. I'm glad I've seen this before watching Ahsoka because, like, yeah. Tell you the truth, two weeks ago I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> like, I just <laughs> could. I don't know the character. Yeah. So, like, I don't give a fuck. And now I care a little bit more. Um, quite a lot more, I'd say. I'm, I was very endeared by Ahsoka in this as just like a just a person that has her own principles and rules. And it's just she's like... Great character. There's a yeah, reason she's, she's as popular as she is. Mm. She's a very well-loved and she's a... Yeah, she's a great character. Strong yeah. character as well. Anyway, World Between Worlds, um, scary but good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. has the narrative potential to break this shit wide open yeah but i but i trust the people who are using it though and yeah i i don't think it's ever like star wars theory that fucking cunt will have you believe that you know john favreau is personally using the world between worlds to rewrite the entire star wars sequel trilogy and <laughs> say fuck you to kathleen kennedy yeah. that's never going to be the case shut up um <laughs> <laughs> but you know i i it's it's never going to be used like that. The people who are using it, they. I really, I really hope it stays as reserved as this was. Yeah, because yeah, but, but, have... but like I say, it's 
it's having it's almost certainly i'm 95 percent sure it's going to be part of ahsoka mm. um i mean it would yeah. make sense i feel like it's a pretty big thing to just introduce into someone's life i love the moment yeah. that ahsoka is pulled out of it and she just mm. like she's pulled out of it but like for mm. a good 20 seconds she's like anakin's darth vader like she's not like immediately like whoa where am i yeah she's like anakin's yeah. darth vader and i feel kind of really weird about that and then she turns around and sees like an older ezra and she's like huh what the Is your fuck? hair gone yeah and she's like i just saw you yeah. this is not the time for a, a fade up ezra why are you dressed like a stormtrooper yeah what's going on <laughs> um uh, oh by the way um emit Dermot as palpatine as well yeah i figured it had to have been him yeah it sounds too good yeah um i've i've got a note that says this um <clears throat> the finale has like everything that you would want from all the good parts of this show yeah and i've like we'll go into this kind of stuff but like uh ezra so like i said like one of the doors that ezra you know it's it's so naturally and obviously a fucking trick by yeah. palpatine and like if it isn't plain as day enough he takes the form of like himself pre-fucked friendly up. uncle palpatine yeah he's just a friendly old man he's the friendly emperor i call no. i call i call this i call this iteration of palpatine groomer palpatine <laughs> yeah but that's no, what he is he appears as a nice guy who's gonna give you yeah. something that you want yeah um he's not horribly scarred and deformed don't worry about it yeah and he like and the moments where like it, the the illusion drops and it flickers back like great yeah great stuff yeah um, but no, Ezra's parents, like, being there, um, the moment this, like, I, I, there is an exact moment this morning, and mm. I went, <laughs> and, like, I wasn't, at this point, I was definitely no longer, like, kicking and screaming, being forced to watch this. Yeah. But there was a moment, like, I, there's, there's, there, there'd be a, def, there'd be a, a beauty in coming on here and being, like, Nathan, I gave up a week of my life to shotgun this show, and I hated it, and I hate you now. <laughs> and the, the, I'll tell you the exact moment. The, the the moment that happened was when Ezra decided to let them go. Yeah. Told it, for all intents and purposes, didn't make it an aggressive display against Palpatine. Stared yeah. directly at his mum and dad and said, "I love you, but I'm letting you go." And Palpatine's getting cross in the background, yeah. but we remain focused on Ezra's mum and dad. And Ezra's dad just so so subtly smiles at him. Yeah. And I went, fuck you, Nathan. This is a good show. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I did it. <laughs> yes. It's good. I like I it. I win. <laughs> look, 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 I'll get onto general stuff in a second. And I'll, fuck, my God, we'll wrap this up in a minute. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, the, the, the dad's smiling when Ezra chooses to let them go. Like he learned the fucking lesson. Um, Palpatine trying to like turn Ezra as his old self. That was great stuff. Um, Zeb essentially almost sacrificing himself and the person that gives most of a shit is uh callus Callus, yeah yeah Callus. he's yeah he like callus watches zeb like fly down and he's like no and i'm yeah. like yeah because he's your he's your mate like he brought you into this it's boyfriend oh are they gay are they gay they're lovers they're lovers well that's the popular thing everyone calls callus zeb's husband there was a big thing ah. when Zeb showed up in um, Mandalorian. Everyone was like, "Where's your husband?" Oh, uh, I suppose because, yeah, because where they go off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He goes off to be. They go, They get married and they go live on. <laughs> they go off to go and kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, 
yeah, just like he's he's so concerned for his friend that showed him the light, and he like, yeah, I think he's like there's a part of him. It's so quick, and maybe I'm reading into this, but I love the the assumption that like he doesn't like yeah he obviously doesn't want Zeb to die, but that's the part of him, the part of Zeb that was able to turn one of a really fucking criminally intrinsically brainwashed fucking empire slave, yeah, into this freedom fighter rebel re- rebel and hero. Yeah, like he like that's a gift massively, and yeah. I I don't think he yeah. wants that to go. He wouldn't and... he wouldn't be there without Zeb, really. The yeah, Zeb set it all in motion. So yeah, and I just mm. yeah, <clears throat> all in all, I think this finale is great. Um, only thing, yeah, I just wish I could have. I know he's coming back. I get it. Yeah, I just wish I could have seen Grand Admiral Thrawn eat some shit a bit more than he did. Yeah, that's fair. I still I like the moment where he like. He like shoots at Ezra and Ezra's like, put the gun down, man. Fuck it, forces his gun out of his hand. And he's like, stop. Yeah. yeah. I've got a space whale. <laughs> the pergola here. So Ezra's not dead. <clears throat> Ezra's not dead, no. So him, Thrawn, and a fuckload of Pergil, um, have <laughs> <Vibes>. seemingly... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have seemingly gone somewhere. So Ezra is very special and unique. Uh, Throughout the series, we see that Ezra's got, like, a special connection to, like, wildlife, basically. Like, yeah. um, creatures. He, for some reason, he's he can connect with them through the Force and that type of stuff. Um, and, you know, there's a whole episode where we meet the Pergil, and, again, we see Ezra has a special connection with them. The Pergil can travel through hyperspace. They helped people develop a technology to do that. Um, They're in Mando 3, right? They are in Mando Free, yeah. You see their their silhouettes as they as Mando and Grogu travel through hyperspace. Yeah. I remember yeah. just so having not seen Rebels and seen that scene, I remember yeah. so redundantly being like Space Whales. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. now I've seen this, I'm like, oh, Space Whales <laughs> Space Whales? Yeah. Um so yeah, it seems like where they are, fuck knows. Fuck knows. Um clearly. Thrawn has got out of that somehow because we've seen the trailer for Ahsoka. Mm. Um, so where's Ezra? Don't know. I and I also quite like no the, idea. And you, you fucking cunt, you got away like three months at <laughs> most. It's been like six years for me. <laughs> six years of like where's Ezra and Thrawn? I don't know. I fucking, yeah, fuck no. I have no idea. This kind of shows up at the last minute. <laughs> and he's like, I care. I care as much as you guys do. Um, no, I've, I've, I've got the note, and I, maybe maybe this is a good place to end the season four stuff on. Um, yeah. And then we'll just I'll give a very brief overview, and then we can all go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> Including you guys. It's after midnight. I know. We started recording at nine, man. I, I know. This is outrageous. Um... Yeah, I, I I think having this series, and I think so many Star Wars... Luckily, sta- it's a bank holiday. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, fucking yeah. hell. Um, it matters to you. I, I'm no up joke. early as well. i got to watch Succession before any spoilies come onto my timeline. Oh, uh, sweet one right now. No, don't. Might as well just stay up and watch it as it goes on. Don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> be on at 2am. Fuck. No, I want to be wide awake. I want to be, like, fresh up. 
we'll end we'll end we'll end it kind of on this. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll end season four on this. Um, the, so many Star Wars shows balloon themselves, I think, and I think this is kind mm. of what I, my point was getting at a little bit in Mandalorian when we did the episode on that. It mm. starts as something, and then by the end of it, yeah. Luke Skywalker's here, and the galaxy is at stake. And it, yeah, it's so quickly it balloons itself into the stakes are so fucking universally large because naturally the show yeah. has to like up itself from its previous season. Yeah, and I find that this show it started on Lothal, it ends on Lothal. Yeah, and it's and it it's not a big fucking win against the Empire. Like, yeah, it's a it's a big win for the people of Lothal, and it feels mm. like a fucking emotional burden. Do you know why it can't be a big win for the Rebel Alliance? Uh. No, not not like a, I don't know a narrative reason as to why. So the opening crawl of A New Hope yeah. says that the uh, striking from a hidden rebel base, the uh, Rebel Alliance has just won their first major victory against the evil Empire. So the Rogue One is their first victory. Their first major victory is a alliance. Yeah. So that's why they like kind of go out of their way a little bit in rebels to say that this here this is not technically a rebellion mission. This is just oh, us. This is just Lothal because this yeah. cannot be our first major victory. So <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> there will come a point. Yeah. Where every square, like there, there in twenty <clears throat> years, Dave Filoni and a very old John Favreau are going to be sat in an office, and Dave Filoni is like, I think we've got five minutes after a new hope. Like I think there's something there. Maybe Darth Vader comes. Is something there's something there we could do that. And Taylor, he's like, yeah, well, I've got a spare minute after Revenge of the Sith as well. We could may- maybe have a flashback sequence. <laughs> it's gonna be so fucking. There's, there used to be so much untapped potential, and now it's like, what decade is free? Do we have anything? Um, there's a lot before Phantom Menace. There is a lot before Phantom Menace. Um, but that's not where the juice is. Everyone wants. Well, I. Fans of the High Republic would disagree. <laughs> Me included. It's true, that's fair. Um yeah, no, I just think it's I think I like that it started on this planet, it ends on this planet. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's yeah. exactly what they've been every fucking five minutes they've come back to this place and been like, how is it more of a shithole? It's I like that it's it's the story of the rebels. Yeah. It's the story and not the rebels, big R, capital R, the rebels, these rebels. Yeah. The the ghost crew. Um it's their story, and it always has been their story. Um, there was what by the time the the actual show, the actual finale was airing, there was a lot of talk about like you know people thought the last episode was going to be basically Rogue One because in Rogue One you see the ghost flying about in that battle and that type of stuff. So like, oh, we're going to see how that all works out from their perspective. And Dave Filoni was like. Well, no, because it's not their story. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's that's a whole other story, and it it's not it has nothing to do with the story we're telling. It's a cool little moment. It's a fun little bit of inclusion. If you recognize the ship, you can go, oh, I know that, and that sort of stuff. But yeah, that that's not the story we're telling. So no, we're not gonna do this just because you know it. We're gonna tell this story which yeah i yeah. really like and when it when it's time for that maybe it w- maybe it will be time for that <clears> maybe at one point but like <clears throat> it might not be it's just it, they yeah. were there it's cool they it's- were there they're, they're, it's just because they're part of the rebel alliance yeah so that's that's why they're there um i you should you should re-watch rogue one now because you can see chopper at certain moments and oh really is he there yeah yeah he's he's on the rebel base and there's a 
there's an inter comment like at the on you having four they're like Captain Sandula, come to the briefing room and that sort of stuff. Oh, so I see. Yeah, and then Mary Elizabeth Winstead. <laughs> Mary Elizabeth Winstead runs for She comes out and she's like, look at my big green head. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I... Look, all in all, I'll say that... Um, oh, oh, hang on, quickly. Right, wrap it up. Uh, they've got... Hera goes on to fight with Rex in the Battle of Endor. Yes, yes. And you know the whole thing about Rex in the Battle of Endor? Yeah, there's an old cunt and they were like, it yeah. looks like him, we'll make him and- bald. And his outfit in season four is the same outfit that guy wears. In the... Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. Do you yeah. know what's funny? That guy died and has no fucking idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause, let's be honest, the guy's dead. Yeah, probably. Um, fair, I love, I, sorry, I find that so funny that a background extra for like probably one job in fucking in, in Return of the Jedi is a fleshed yeah. out fucking Star Wars. Oh, mate, that's literally every Star Wars. You can point, mate, fucking Will Rohut, one guy who in Empire Strikes Back is seen running with an ice cream maker. And now because of it, they've gone so far as to make the ice cream maker an actual prop and give it an actual purpose in Star Wars. You see it in Mandalorian all the fucking time. But like the actual character himself is one of the most popular and well-known fleshed out characters just because of a fun little just scene of him running with what is clearly an ice cream maker. (laughs) (laughs) Like every character you see in back in Star Wars There'll be like at least four bucks about that one yeah. character. No, that's fair. I know that there's in Phantom Menace. I know that there's um, there's a scene where they had to use like an extra uh, or like a or like a, just a double for uh, they couldn't get Sam Jackson back to do a Mace Windu oh, yeah. scene, and yeah. it, they're not Mace Windu. We we Ben and I searched for ages to try and find some supplemental material. I don't for, think there is actually. No, there isn't. They just they're yeah. just leaning into it was Mace Windu. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than like it, it, it like it, I think now, especially if like Dave Filoni was in charge of of it going back then, it would be like this is this is Mace Windu's double, and he was there because there was a hit on his life, and actually at this point Mace Windu was <laughs> hiding in a bin on fuck some other fucking backwater yeah. fucking yeah. planet. Uh, anyway, um, look overall, I think um, just very brief thoughts um, on on this. Um, it's a show that I think has some dead weight. Uh, it gets bogged down in a lot of boring scenarios in some places, but my God, the characters are like so worth coming back for. Mm. Um, and I just find that like when, when the characters and the, the situations and the plot lines are hitting, which more often than not, they are, it's, it's so good. It's like as a series, as a whole, no arc outstays. It's welcome. It's like a, it's, it's like one of the defining shows that is like the best example for like natural progression. Like yeah. Ezra doesn't stay a fucking like like twelve year old forever or like whatever. <laughs> like he doesn't act like mm-hmm. a big buffoon for more than one season. Yeah, and like Kanan doesn't stay a, like a, a like a unsure of himself. He progresses. Everyone, Sabine especially, grows into someone. Yeah. Um. Beyond just like what her hobbies and stuff are. Um. Yeah. Just fucking great and it doesn't fall victim to like i find a lot of star wars stuff now like my eyes glaze over when it's just like we need to defeat a big monster or a swarm of smaller monsters Mm. and i find that comes up a lot and it does come up a lot in this but like the characters are so entertaining that i'm like i don't care man fucking beat that monster up (laughs) 
but yeah no overall i'm glad i watched it i'm very excited to see something that isn't star wars now (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm glad you enjoyed it and i fucking knew you would as as he always, I still always whatever you suggest, do. I'll still go into with trepidation. I will. I know, but <laughs> this always happens. Um, no, uh, a lot of people will, you know, Clone Wars and Rebels are compared quite a lot, and I think a lot of people tend to fall on the side of Clone Wars is the better show. Um, I I personally disagree. I think this is the better show just because it's it's more focused than Clone Wars. Mm. You know, Clone Wars you can tune in any week and it could be about someone it could be a completely different story following completely different characters to the last week there's no like main through line with clone wars yeah um that uh, that changes a little bit over time but for the most part it's it's all these like adventures in the clone wars you know Um, know i spoke about the ahsoka essential episodes yeah i looked at them if there's 20 it's like there's like three from season one yeah, and then then it's most of the episodes from season five to seven. Yeah, that and I'm like, the case. that shouldn't be the case. <laughs> <laughs> I should maybe give a shit about this character through seasons two to four. Like, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I know what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's I I love this storyline. You know me, I fucking love a found family trope more than anything. Um, and they, this is a found family. This is the mm. family. The fucking and it's a great family unit. I love that. Hera and Kanan call themselves mum and dad at points as well. It's it's very fun. It's very cute. One of the last things um, Kanan says is like, this wasn't my idea. This was the kids. Yeah, and I'm exactly. like, Zeb is your age? <laughs> I don't know. He's still, he's still one of the kids. <laughs> yeah, he's probably like a hundred years older than that, probably. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it's... No, it's good. It's very... Um, heartwarming a really good series and I am like I say I'm looking forward to maybe getting some answers in Ahsoka they've cast an Ezra we see him in a hologram in the trailer we don't know if he's in any more than that but I know that I've I've seen the guy I, I looked up because I, I was like I'm curious to see a few people that are coming back Um, and I did look that's how I found out like Mary Elizabeth Winstead and obviously I already know Ahsoka um, yeah, I think it's the guy from Aladdin who's playing Ezra. I think you might be right. The guy who was Aladdin. Oh no! Huh. Well, the best part of that movie was <laughs> Aladdin. Oh, yeah. I've only seen it once. I can't really remember. He was alright. He was fine. I remember, I enjoyed the movie for what it was. Yeah, it was good enough. I think. Still, don't understand that that was a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah, <laughs> does not make any sense to me. Hello, I'm Aladdin. You cunt. <laughs> you fucking guy! <laughs> right, now it's a guy, Rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now I see it. Uh, uh, Get the, look at this fucking tiger. <laughs> uh, look, I I had a lovely time. Thank you for making me watch this. And uh, you're welcome. I, I apologise to myself for putting you through a week of it in one hit. I'd imagine this actually would have been a nice thing to just put on after an evening. Probably, but I yeah. didn't give myself that luxury because I'm stubborn and an idiot. <laughs> You are stubborn and an idiot. Lawrence, now that um, you know and you enjoy this show, the question remains, will you ever watch The Clone Wars? See, what you just said about Rebels being more focused is the main problem I had with Clone Wars. All right, fair enough. Will you at least watch the last four episodes of The Clone Wars? Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, I've, I've actually been meaning to. Like, I, think... I feel like if you watch anything, it should be at least that. Okay. 
the last four episodes. Thank you for listening. I'm so fucking sorry that this is so fucking long. Yeah, this 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 is our longest episode ever. We did it, Reddit. We did it, Reddit. Uh, but like I said, I've said it multiple times throughout the episode. Nathan wanted to talk Rebels. Uh, I, did. I am I'm not one so to shy sorry. away from a challenge. I am so sorry. I, <laughs> this is my fault. Um, you remember this because when Better Call Saul comes about, which is a longer show with longer <laughs> episodes and more seasons, someone say six hour podcast talking about the ethics <laughs> of the know. law. I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, we said one season per episode now. Yeah, I'll be honest. I've done this was a this was a trial. Yeah, this is... we're not doing Better Call Saul now. <laughs> okay. Well, you said it, not me. It's fine. It's too it's too fucking long. It's too long. And there's too much stuff to talk about. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let, let fuck it. Right, we're doing this next week. What the fuck are you a five? I don't know. I'm tidy. I say please and thank you. Sometimes I offer to drive if they look tired. Follow us. Bye. <laughs> They know, and they're not here. Let's go. <laughs> if you are here, um, here's a fun little secret for you. What's, what's <laughs> Nathan, your... I want to go to bed, man. What's, what's a fun little secret? Here's a... I'll tell you what. Uh, if you are here, if you made it this far somehow, um, hashtag um, two supple boys on Twitter. Hashtaggers with. Hashtag two supple boys um, at another happy pod, and then we will know that you are a true fan, and we'll if, follow you. If you're afraid, and if we to already randomly... follow you, then um, we'll send you a picture of us giving you a little kiss. <laughs> if you're if you're afraid to just have that publicly on your feed, and you don't want to tweet yeah. out supple boys on your Twitter. <laughs> DM, DM us. No, no, no. They can, they can do what they can do is is if they tweet at another happy pod first, and it doesn't show up on people's like feed because then it's just like a it, it's like technically a reply. I see. So, so you know, like it doesn't necessarily show up. Oh yeah, like it would. It, you'd have to go to the tweets and replies section. Yeah, exactly. Like it wouldn't be on the main feed. Who's going there? What a freak! Me. To stalk everyone, I stalk. <laughs> Wait, who are you responding to? Go away! You're, you're not in this conversation. Don't be nosy. <laughs> you know the funny thing is to do if you go to like a brand's Twitter account and go to the tweets and replies, you'll just see a whole lot of "Oh, so sorry to hear about this yeah. issue," and then it's just people like, uh, "Where's my order that I placed three weeks ago or whatever?" And it's just some poor intern. Like I don't fucking know. Yeah, like, I if you if you allow us to follow you, we'll send you a. D- DM. I'm like, yeah, of course you fucking will. <laughs> You're just Great. just riding out the day until four o'clock, and you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The secret to summer ready skin is here. Osea's number one best selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.